Steve, what's his name? Um, duh. hold on, I gotta look it up. Drew, his name is like my toe is cold or something. Hold on. Uh huh. Drew, Drew Monson. He was yeah. like really big, mm-hmm. and he made a he made a video about Bo Burnham and how like his life kind of parallel hit, paralleled his, and it was just really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. but he also lightly roasted him as well, so <laughs> you can do that too. I mean, I would mainly like lightly roast Bo Burnham because like. I love his art and his work. It's just that mm-hmm. I also recognize the like you are a white man. It's some of the things you're talking yeah. about are like <laughs> No, I get it. <laughs> so you absolutely can. Okay, awesome. Alright, so I'm just gonna get started and Hi guys. Hello. Welcome and welcome back to the podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I am your host, Monica, and I am joined by a super, super awesome guest today. Uh, her name's Sydney. You've definitely seen her on TikTok. If you've been on TikTok, <laughs> she's had, like, a couple of viral moments here and there. But, you know, I'll let her introduce herself. You know, Sydney, go ahead and introduce yourself if you like. Yeah, hi, I'm Sydney Squid. Uh, and my username on TikTok is Miss Bayfong, which started out because I was a huge Avatar fan in 2020. Uh, so it's named after Toph, mm-hmm. uh, if you've ever seen Avatar. But then I kind of expanded out because I'm a media studies and journalism major in college. So I started talking about trending things uh, that I thought that was interesting to talk about with people. So I asked the big question, what's your favorite celebrity interview moment? That went crazy viral. That was kind of like when I really bumped it up to like just being in a really like niche community of Avatar people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all of a sudden, everyone was kind of like involved. So now I just kind of talk about anything that really interests me in the entertainment or news space, but I will never forget, you know, that's also nerd stuff. It's yeah. always in the entertainment space. So I still really talk about Avatar and, like, superheroes, just anything that really interests me. So, yeah, that's kind of what I do right now. Yay! Yay! And also on the side, which is actually my, like, grown-up job, is I'm a news producer. So it oh. is something that, yeah, I just got it. That's why I moved. So I'm a news producer at a company that you, everyone's probably heard of, but I don't want to, like, dox myself. <laughs> It's fine, it's fine, I get it. It's not, it's not Fox, that's all I can say. But yes, I am a news producer, so that's fun. Awesome. Well, I'm very happy to have you on. Yay! Uh, Thank guys, you. Today we're going to talk about Bo Burnham. Uh, you know him, you love him, he's great. Um, but before we get into that, we're going to go into our segment, Can't Wait to Watch, where we talk about movies and TV shows that we can't wait to see that are coming out soon. And one movie I can't wait to see is Three Years of a Longing, is what I think it's called. And is that the one with the genie and Tilda Swinton? Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, like, it's giving very much Magical Negro, but, <laughs> like, the thing is... I, I did absolutely lose it when I saw the trailer. Because mm-hmm. um, when I saw the poster, it reminded me of everything, everywhere, all at once. And I was like, this is going to be such, like, an artsy film. Like, yeah. it's going to be so strange. Yeah. And then I saw the trailer, and I was like, yeah. what is this? <laughs> yeah. I was just kind of like, you know, if Idris Elba is in it, I'm going to give it a shot. Why shoot. not? Yeah. Yeah. Is, there, is he the one where he's coming out with another new movie, and then his daughter tried out for the role of his actual daughter that's and then it. didn't get the role. That's it. That's him. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to say, I think that's actually really good parenting because... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because there are plenty of, like, nepotism runs wild in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. To the point that nobody even, like, really understands, like, how deep it is. Like, a lot of people don't understand, like, oh, yeah. Maya Hawk. Is Ethan a hawk? And it was there with child. Daughter. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't know this until um, I saw a TikTok of him talking about her, and I was like, oh. There's another one that people aren't going to realize that I can tell is already getting into Hollywood. Well, obviously there was Lily Rose Depp, which everyone would recognize as Johnny Depp's daughter, mm-hmm. but her name is um, something Sheen. Uh, her name might also be Lily. It's like Lily Mo or Lily Joe. Mm-hmm. She is um, the daughter of Michael Sheen, who was Arrow or Aro in Twilight. He's oh. been in like every famous British thing, and yeah. then um, Kate. Kate Beckinsale. They had a kid. Kate Beckinsale is, like, my female crush Hollywood, like, you would call it a hall pass. But, like, she, I only knew her from, like, action movies. But, um, yeah, they they had a child, and I'm seeing her in more, I'm seeing her in more things. And I'm like, you're the next Nepo baby, and I know it. (laughs) To be, like, I'm not against Nepo babies as long as you're actually talented. Yeah, as long as you have talent, I don't care. That's it's like in, in, there's a, this debate in the Broadway community, which sorry, I'm kind of like pivoting no, a little, but like ahead, when pe- when people give like celebrities the leading role in a Broadway show and they're not really Broadway, um, that happened with Cameron. Do you remember Cameron Dallas on YouTube? He was in like yeah. he was like boyfluencer in 2012. Mm-hmm. They gave him a role in Mean Girls and in, in oh, Mean yeah. Girls on Broadway. It was horrible, horrible. But they did it for sales. Hmm. But then there's, like, there's people who, like, I'm trying to think of, like, a celebrity who, okay, Colleen Ballinger, like, who's um, Miranda Sings, Mm -hmm. she was really good. Mm -hmm. As long as you have talent, I don't care if you're on Broadway. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I think, Colleen Colleen Ballinger is very, very talented. And there's also another YouTuber that was on Heather's in the West End. I Well, I know Todrick Hall, who is also a YouTuber, Mm -hmm. but also, like, obviously very talented, Mm -hmm. was alongside her in Waitress. Mm. Uh, I think her name is Carrie Hope Fletcher. She was more like a British YouTuber. Yes. Yeah. She, like, if you are somebody, you know, where, like, you get a role due to your success or your fame or, like, certain notoriety on the internet, if you can just back that up, then it's fine. Yeah, but talent. I'm like, I don't care. But you, if I was in that position... I would also do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, Mr. Madcon, I don't think that's someone who should be on Broadway. No, I saw I saw the um, bootlegs of it and man, It was so bad. They, he, they had to cut out some of the high notes for him. He didn't do it. But. Oh. That, yeah. you know, like, Hugh Jackman? Yes. I'll let that pass. I'll let that slide. Oh, yeah. But, you know, there are some people you see and, like, they get casted in things and it's kind of like, oh, babe. Mm-hmm. Are we really doing this? Like, I can't think of the last. Well, now it's going. Everyone's going crazy because the don't. Another thing I'm excited to see. Don't worry, darling. Mm. Um, but the new clips came out of like longer than two seconds of Harry Styles. Some clips have come out, and people Mm. are absolutely going into it. They're like, this man cannot act, and that's what's terrifying me. And he's in the MCU. Yeah, I feel like he. I feel like he needs a role kind of like the same way like Dave Bautista has a role in The Guardians. Where, like, where he says one word? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I was thinking of group, mm-hmm. but also Dave Bautista. <laughs> like, I feel like Dave Bautista is good for the role that he has. So if we just give Harry, like, a womanizer role, not that he's, like, well. But, you know, that was, like... Just don't give him a serious role. Don't give him a serious role. That's why I think he might be okay in the MCU, because his person seems kind of silly with the... He had, like, a, a goblin sidekick. I forget mm-hmm. what it looked like. And I was like, okay, if it's silly, like, whatever. He's always been kind of silly. But this, yeah. like, don't worry, darling, darling. They got Florence Pugh. They got Oscar-nominated actors in there. I'm like, maybe you're not on that level yet. <laughs> I don't think you're on that level. I didn't know anything about the Don't Worry, Darling story, but now I know all the drama. I know. <laughs> yeah. 
Listen. Did you see? I made a TikTok. I don't know if you saw this. Think about this. Ready? Imagine this. Florence Pugh walking onto the red carpet. There's a man next to her. It's Jason Sudeikis. Imagine if they dated. Like, the age gap is bad because, like, it's the same chance with Zach Braff. But still, I'm like, that would be kind oh of funny. Oh, my it would God. Be kind of funny. <laughs> the way that, like, when I felt heard that, like, Florence Pugh and Zach Braff were dating, I was like, oh, that's cute. The guy from Scrubs. Okay, I get it. And then, like, I, list- I like, was watching a few TikToks, a few too many TikToks, and I was like, oh. But also, like, I think it would be different now, because when they started dating, she was 22. And I'm like, that's me. That's in college. Oh. Like, to me, that's crazy. Now she's, like, 26. And I'm like, okay, that's, like, kind of in the same zone of life. Like, you're an adult. You have a house. Mm-hmm. But when you're 22 and you start dating, I know it's an only a four-year difference, but I think of it as, like, cycles of your life. So I'm like, okay, she's out of college, just out of college, and he's, like, 45. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wild. But then I'm like 26 and 45. To me, I'm still like that's crazy, but it's not like college age crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think that like I like Jason Sudeikis. Like he's one of those actors who have just like yeah. done comedy movies most of their life. Kind of like Paul Rudd or like Melanie Lin Lin. How do you say her last name? Linsky? Melanie Linsky. I thought you said Monica Lewinsky. I was like, girl, no. Someone entirely <laughs> different. Someone, in, but like those like three actors I've named, they've all been in like comedy movies, and they've all been in roles just like kind of for fun with like their friends. And I still consider them good actors, even if the films they're in were like you know straight to like the bargain bin at Walmart. But I wish nothing but the best for Jason Sudeikis, and I just wish Olivia Wilde would just like. Learn from this. Like you had uh, book smart. You had book smart. Brad And it sucks because if this drama hadn't happened, which I didn't know the Shia LaBeouf piece until this week. I just really knew about like her and Florence Pugh were like in a tiff. So in I my didn't head, know I was like, anything about this until Shia LaBeouf started trending on Twitter. I was like, that's not good. That's no, I not just good. knew. I, I thought, like, Twitter stands were making up this feud because of Harry Styles. Because, like, mm. One Direction people have always done that. They've created this. And I'm like, I don't want to pin two successful women against each other. This seems like a load of bullshit. Mm. And then I saw the stuff about Shia LaBeouf, and I was like, okay, wait, this might be real. Mm. And then Florence Pugh announced this week she isn't doing any promo for the movie. She's not going to any, like, um, she's not doing interviews for it for anything. Oh. And I was like, okay, it's real. Yeah, it's real okay okay wow um yeah if you guys want like a quick i'm gonna do a quick rundown because like (laughs) this will make for a good clip on tiktok just (laughs) (laughs) so basically what happened was that the movie starts right shallow buff is supposed to be in the film he's supposed to be like the male lead he's make he's making florence Pugh uncomfortable on set and he said that he left due to scheduling conflicts and olivia said that she fired him okay they need to replace somebody they get harry styles in harry styles joins the film in october of 2020 well also she did say she fired him but she also added i have to look out for my cast members and make sure they feel safe that's a big thing because it sounded like when that came out she was like helping out florence that's also a big part of it I think. and i also you know? feel like the fk fk twix thing came out before shiloh was cast in the movie so i i don't know about that timeline but okay. either way, like, in Hollywood, you would know that. You would... That's the thing that really gets me. It's like, if somebody is a not-nice person, you kind of already know. And certain people are willing to overlook that to cast people in their films because they want to, like, hire them as, like, you know, an actor based off their talent. 
But like, if you're really about it, you would be about it. And it's not even, it's not just him being like rude. Mm-hmm. It's him beating, it's him beating a woman. Like, it's very different from like. After FK Twix came like, out, no. FK Twix, after her, there were like several other women. They were like, Shia LaBeouf is a terrible person. Awful, mm-hmm. abusive. Like, he had a girlfriend, Mia Goth, who was in the movie X with Britney Snow. And, mm-hmm. and that's just going to be the uh, A24 movie Pearl, which is like a prequel, basically. And even their relationship is toxic. Like, terrible. Wait, are they dating right now? I think they were dating at some point okay. early in the year. And it was not good. It was just a lot of mess, a lot of, like, just bad vibes. Bad vibes. It was just terrible, basically. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Shia leaves. Harry Styles comes on. Around the same time Harry Styles joins the movie is when Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis break up. And then, you know, <laughs> the movie wraps. Because, like, it ends. And, of course, all this ensues. The Shia LaBeouf Variety article comes out after Olivia Wilde has done her article with the title She's Still Golden. But before Olivia Wilde did her article, Harry Styles did an article saying that he's not in a relationship with anybody, he's single, he's never been out with anybody, even though we saw him at a wedding with Olivia Wilde and they were holding hands. So I don't know who you're lying to, sir, but it's obviously just yourself. Because the rest of us also know she going goes on. to a show. Yeah, she goes to a show. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like Rihanna saying that, oh, Rocky and I aren't together. And then you see her at the concert in the back just like yep. rihanna we're not dumb we're, we're <laughs> we not know. we're not stupid hello yeah and of course flute florence Pugh has like decided to kind of draw back from everything and oh my gosh and also the video of olivia wilde just like asking shia to continue to be on the film it's well because every every woman and i made a post about it too and everyone in the comments was agreeing specifically like women like calling like oh, maybe this will be a wake-up call for Miss Flo. And everyone's like, why would you use that nickname? Because we already know they're not tight. Imagine you're not tight with someone and they, and someone's like, yeah, Miss Sydney. I would be so pissed. <laughs> I'd be like, why are you calling me Miss? I don't know. It seems like a job. Yeah, I also feel like, I wasn't probably the only person who picked up on this, but Miss Flo, it's also a nickname you have for your period. <laughs> are you calling I her emotional? Are you calling her emotional? Olivia. Oh my god. Yeah, so overall, um, I was kind of like, I saw the trailer for Don't Worry Darling and I was like, let me give this a chance because you know what, we need female directors, but now it's like, maybe not you. I probably do want to give it a chance. I love, I love thrillers. They're my favorite Mm -hmm. genre, actually, specifically psychological thrillers, which is what that looks like. Mm -hmm. I just love Florence Pugh. I'm like, you know what? Good for her. Yeah. (laughs) Good for her. Hoping she's okay. I do think that, like, excuse me, I forgot what I was about to say, but what I was gonna say was that, like, I hope that this doesn't turn people off to female directors, because there are, oh, I saw on Twitter the other day, there was this clip, basically, from a roundtable, like, you know, the Hollywood Reporter, they do the roundtables, I love Mm -hmm. watching those videos, I love it, I love it, because I like to watch them and pretend like I'm there, and I'm, like, reacting to (laughs) it, and I'm like, yes, Regina, absolutely. And you know, this reminds me of my time on set with Martin Scorsese and da 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 da. Like, just living yeah. in my delusion, you know. No, but I do that. In I the was... shower, I pretend. I'm like, yeah, Jimmy Fallon, I love being your guest. Like, I'm, like, <laughs> I <do that> all <laughs> I'm like on Conan O'Brien's podcast and I'm like, oh my gosh, totally. Yeah, I feel yeah. the same way. Like, but I, I, was, all the time. I was watching um, a roundtable 
And basically, like, there are these, it's basically, like, basically female actresses, and they're kind of like, it's hard to find a female director. And Kristen Dunst was like, no, there are plenty of them. I just go out and look for them. Like, you just need to go out and yep. find them. Like, there's so many talented female directors out there. Like, if you're having trouble looking for them, maybe you're just not looking hard enough. And I was like, Kirsten, you know what? You're right. You're right. Especially because as the actor, like, people know you. And most of the time people see films, when you have that star power, power mm. like Kirsten Dunst, people see movies specifically for you. Yeah. So, like, you being in a movie would give the exposure to this female director. You mm. know what I mean? So I think stars don't realize, like, they could really give the power to female directors if they want. Yeah, I think it's, oh, it's the red, the red-haired actress that they both look the same, Jessica Chastain. It's either Jessica Chastain or Bryce Dallas Howard Mm -hmm. that started a whole thing for female directors. And I can't remember which one it is, but, um, yeah, like, I'm like, come on, just join the smaller projects. Mm -hmm. It'll it'll give them uh, exposure. Yeah, like, Bryce Dallas Howard is a director herself. And, like, her father is a director. So, you know, like, there's obviously some nepotism there. But I'm willing to let it slide because she's, she's talented in her own right. I'm willing yeah. to let it slide. And Jessica Chastain, I love that she's, like, Hollywood's it girl. And she literally does not care. She's like, oh yeah, listen, I'm hot. So what? <laughs> it's like, Oscar Wilde and I are just friends. Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. He's like, we're just friends. It's. There's definitely more, but it's okay. It's okay. If you've been in three movies with a man, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to judge mm-hmm. you. It's fine. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I do like. There's more. There's more um, female directors in Star Wars now. Like they love Bryce Dallas Howard. They meaning fans mm-hmm. have absolutely loved Bryce Dallas Howard's episodes, specifically in The Mandalorian, and then Deborah Chow is has been amazing. Yeah. I don't know if you watched Star. Wars, oh, but God, it's it's great. I still have to catch up on uh, Obi Wan and the Bad Batch, but The Mandalorian. I've seen both of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mandalorian I need is a, so good. I need to catch up on so many Marvel shows. It's a problem. I really am feeling the oversaturation from them. It's it's kind of a problem. Um, I I tried Miss Marvel, and then like. It's just, you know, I am starting a new job and have moved in. We actually just got our TV in Fire Stick Yay. Day. So, like, now, now I'm not condoned to this laptop. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like, now that it, the second I wasn't eight, I didn't have time to catch up on Miss Marvel, another She-Hulk out. And then another one's going to be out in, like, a month. And I'm like, I don't feel motivated to catch up on that. I'm sorry. And what's, it sucks because I'm like... What's going to be out in a month? Echo? Is that it? Oh, see, I, I actually want to watch Echo. I don't know what it is, but I'm like... And it sucks because Miss Marvel and She-Hulk are two female like superheroes and i really want to support it specifically miss marvel i don't really want to support she hulk because they should have made her beefier how did they make her beefier i'm mad about it i made a tiktok <laughs> really about, about, about it and like as much as i love tassiana maslani and i love her like i love her so much like orphan black's one of my favorite shows ever i think mm-hmm. that they should have just casted somebody who is just taller and just more built like that's simply and even it. though even though she sucks, The Mandalorian made a great, I guess, just as a character design way, mm-hmm. casting Ca- Cara Doom. She's horrible, yeah. the person. Yeah. But she looks beefy. She looks like she'd kick your ass. Like, hiring MMA, like, female MMA fighters, are you kidding me? Like, that's such a good idea. They could have mm-hmm. done that with She-Hulk. I think they could have done that with She-Hulk. Yeah, there are plenty yeah. of, like, female MMA fighters who could, like, take an acting class or two. And then just, like, or there are plenty of, like, smaller actors and actresses that would love the opportunity to be in a Marvel yeah. show. And that's the thing, Marvel, people are going to watch. It's not yeah. like this indie project, like, you have the Marvel name attached to you, and that's what I really liked about Echo specifically was, 
and I guess Ms. Marvel, was they cast people who have never, like, been in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. At least I think that's what Echo, I don't know if that Echo actress did. Um, but, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm really excited to watch Echo, actually, because I loved her character in, um, whatever, what was it? Um, Echo is a fairly new actress. Like, I think, um, Hawkeye is the most, uh, famous role she has. Yeah, so um, I'm excited to see that. Also, I like that um, in Miss Marvel, they had like actual like Bollywood actors and actresses in the show because it just. They did. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't finish it. I think I watched the. I genuinely think I watched the first episode. And, uh, uh, sorry, Sydney. Give me one second. My mom just walked in. Yeah. I'm sorry. What? Send it to her. Yeah. Uh, okay. Hold on. Okay. Alright, so I just downloaded the picture. Where is Okay, there we go. Chris, where's me? Here? Yeah, where are you? Where are you? That's it? Thank so much. Okay, no problem, me. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's gonna happen maybe another time. Hold on one second. I gotta- hold on. <laughs> okay. I think we're streaming on Twitch. I chat if anyone's in the chat. Okay. Uh, sorry, did you say something? Oh, I was saying hi to Twitch chat if anyone was watching. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I was like, if we're streaming on Twitch, hi chat. Hi <laughs> chat. <laughs> yeah, there's a few people in here, so hi guys. Uh, don't forget to hit exclamation point podcast to listen to my podcast. Pretty pleased to thank you. Yes, okay. Um, that might happen again, because my parents, That's okay. you know, they don't understand that I have a podcast. I try to explain it to them multiple times, Bye. and they're like, what? And I'm like, I'm in a meeting. I'm working. My dad, um, yeah. My dad still calls my username, um, Madam Beifong instead of Miss Beifong, and that always makes me laugh. He doesn't know what the hell, like, <laughs> TikTok is, so. He's still like, oh yeah, Madam Beifong. I'm like, dad, no. That's, that's, <laughs> that's not. That's not. I was like, I was like, close. At least you care. You know? <laughs> you almost got it, which, you know, we'll. Yeah. We'll you got it. the spirit. <laughs> you got the spirit, my guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Um, was there anything that you were excited to watch that's coming out soon? Well, I actually, I saw Nope today for the first Ooh, time, which was really, I, I, I enjoyed it. it. Okay, not going to spoil. I want to see uh, so, I, I want to see so badly. Yeah, oh my you God. should. Uh, and then I saw, I'm seeing Rogue One tomorrow since they're re-releasing it before Andor, seeing it in Dolby IMAX. So excited. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. Um, and then for $3, I like planned my whole week. Uh, for $3 <laughs> Cinema Day uh, on oh Saturday, God. which, if you haven't heard of that, every movie theater is giving away $3 tickets. Um, I'm going to see Bullet Bullet Train, because it just looks like a lot of fun. And oh Bad gosh. Bunny's in it. I... I'm excited to see this. I feel like I want to watch Bullet Train so bad, because it's one of those movies where it's like, here's every actor you know and love, and here's like uh-huh. action. And me, I'm the kind of person who like, I don't need everything to be perfect. I don't need the best dialogue. If I'm here to have fun. I'm here to have fun, you know? I watched uh, I watched The Lost City the other day, uh, which is, I do not like rom-coms. They've never been my kind of movie. But I really liked, I really wanted to see The Lost. I actually realized I don't like rom-coms because most famous rom-coms are from early 2000s and they're just sexist. They're like just misogynistic. So I've never liked them. Hmm. Um, but now newer ones, they actually are getting like female writers in the room because they realize, hey, the majority of our viewers are women maybe we should have a female writer <laughs> like so i i immediately could tell within 20 minutes of velocity that a woman most definitely wrote it mm-hmm. and they flipped they flipped it on the head where like 
Um, it was a story about Sandra Bullock being a romance writer, and she's really intelligent, really smart. And then the guy on the cover, mm-hmm. every all of her fans love him. Like her fans don't really care about the writer, but they care about Ken. Yeah. And that's Channing Tatum, but Channing Tatum has loves her. He's like, she's so smart. Why are you here for me? And he's just mm-hmm. like this beefy. He's like a beefy boy. He's a himbo. He's literally a himbo. <laughs> he's literally a himbo, and they. You think they're gonna? Well, I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it, but um, I might. So spoiler warning: they pair him with Brad Pitt, and Brad Pitt is like super big, beefy marine, and you think Ooh. they're gonna fall in love, like Sandra Bullock, because he's intelligent. So you think they're gonna fall in love, and then they snipe him and kill him right away, and you're like, <laughs> I like literally, I was like, what's about to happen? And then boom, dead. Brad Pitt. <laughs> Yeah, Brad Pitt, Daniel Radcliffe is in that movie as the villain. Oh, yeah, he I, is. I had no idea. I literally just knew, like, Sandra Bullock and Shannon Tatum, like, sign me up. Sandra Bullock is back in rom-coms. Like, good for her. Um, And it wasn't even a good movie. Like, I think I gave it three stars out of five. But it was so fun. I was you like, know, you know what? That's sometimes all you need. Sometimes you're just here yeah. to fun and laugh, you know? That's yeah, it. that's what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. I don't need everything to, like, make sense. Oh. That's just here for the vibes. I was like, so they sniped Brad Pitt perfectly on the first hit, and then they didn't hit them at all. Like, you know what? That doesn't make sense at all. Yeah. But I'm here for it. It's like, you know what? Don't even care. Yeah, I don't care. It's fun. Okay. Um, we've gone into Can We To Watch. So we're going to jump into uh, the main topic of our podcast, which is Bo Burnham. Uh, a lot of you guys may know Bo Burnham. He is a comedian. He's a writer. He's a... You can say rapper if you want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, the asterisk over it. Kind of like the same way that like, Ed Sheeran is a rapper. Which like, sure, yeah, let's say that. But, you know, he is like an all-around, very talented person. Um, he, you know, directed his first film, 8th Grade, in 2018. Which, like, by the way, 2018 was the perfect year for movies. Every movie that came out that year was just like... Fire unbelievably good I know like every was that the, when did Parasite come out oh no that might have been 2019 that might have been 2019 I was thinking about um the Oscars for that year because I remember being so pissed eighth grade wasn't nominated for any Oscars oh yeah it was, it was 2019 yeah but it was so hard uh, because like there was blind spotting there was mid 90s um mm-hmm. there was Colette which I loved which was so good there was Beautiful Boy. There were two different movies Ooh. about, like, white boys going to rehab. Beautiful Boy and Ben is back. And they both made me cry. <laughs> oh, God. Beautiful Boy was just tough. That was tough as hell. Yeah. Um, there was also Infinity War came out that year, which I don't... I didn't remember that. I'm very glad that Steve Carell went into serious acting. I think that's yeah. really cool of him to do that. I think, In 2018, I think. Oh, Hereditary I came out that year. Her- have you seen Hereditary? Midsummer also came out that year. Mm-hmm. I still haven't seen Midsummer. <laughs> it's a big problem. I've been waiting to see it. I'm, this is going to seem so strange, and this is like probably my toxic trait. Midsummer is one of my favorite movies. I don't know how to dis- I don't know how to explain why. I don't know. No, why. I feel the same way because Hereditary, I think, is one of the best piece. I think it's the best um thing that's ever come out of horror. I think it's one of the best movies ever, but I will never ever watch it again. I refuse. It's di- it's not even creepy to me. It was just disgusting. Like I was like gagging. I was like, this is just gross. But it was awesome. Like it was great. <laughs> Some A twenty four films are just like, oh, we're different. And I'm like, yeah, 
but you're trying too hard to be different right now. Oh, like, the, do you remember? I didn't even see it. Where this one couple wanted a kid, and the kid was born like half goat. Do you remember the trailer for that one? No, no, what? it was like like go up. It wasn't goat down. It was go up. I think it was probably called kid or something like <laughs> something like that. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I was like guys. It's like we're going a little too. You can we're walk going into the A24 <laughs> offices or whatever and be like, "I have the most deranged, disturbed <laughs> idea for a movie," and they will be like, "Here's ten million dollars. Don't make it happen." Yeah. Um, there's one person in the chat, the Shade Apprentice, who said, "Bo Burnham has no business being as hot as he is." I'm gonna have to respectfully disagree, but you know what? To each their own. Here's the thing. Um, my type is <laughs> boys with long hair, and so I was first like, no. And then he had his depression COVID era where he grew out his hair because he was too depressed to cut it. And I was like, that's hot to me. <laughs> wow. Uh, Interesting. With long hair. With long hair. Yeah. I mean. But if he cuts it, anytime a boy cuts his hair, an angel loses its wings. I think that's, I think that's my motto. If you like it, I love it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think buzz cuts were literally created by the devil. I may, They make me really sad. I'm not gonna lie, uh, Tom Holland with a buzz cut is just like, okay, I see the appeal. Was he in a movie with a buzz cut? Cherry. Okay, I still haven't seen that. I heard there was a really disturbing, wasn't there like a disturbing, like, someone is getting anally fisted and we're getting artistic with it? I think that scene is in that. I just remember hearing about that and I was like, maybe that's not for me. Uh, our our commenter also asked, have you watched Titan? I have not, but I do want to watch it. It's on my watch list. I've never heard of it, actually. It's so a like it. horror movie from A24. It's a French film. It's about a woman who, after being injured in a car accident, has a titanium plate fitted into her head. So And then and then what? <laughs> uh, girl, I don't know. This is the only synopsis they gave me. So, oh, oh, I've seen this poster. That's about it. Hold on. Wait, are we sure this is it? I'm yeah. seeing ti- Titan. I'm seeing Titan. Yeah. Following a series of unexplained crimes, a former mm-hmm. firefighter is reunited with his son. Oh, that's so weird. Why do different? But the the poster the poster is her with like a metal plate. Yes, that is it. Oh, why is the IMDb summary so much different? Oh, I'm letting it looking at it at Letterboxd, so maybe that's oh. why it's different. No, I think this is the one on Google is a different description. I mean, it probably is the same thing. She's okay. The first one said it's messed up. And there are screwed up things involving a car. Isn't yeah, one of my uh, one of my favorite people left the review. Best movie ever. What more could you want? Um, so bold, so metallic, so gross. Yeah, that's eight. It sounds right. Yep. Okay, the shade of Prince said you're both right. Both are plots. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna look out for it. I'm gonna look out for it. Okay. And see, you know, see how it is. If I can stream it now that I have a TV, woo, I can watch it. That would be so. I don't. To each their own. <laughs> you reading the synopsis would be like, I'm gonna watch it. And I'm like, okay, maybe not. <laughs> That's for you. Okay, yes. Uh, Bo Burnham. My first introduction to Bo Burnham was with his YouTube videos because I was the kind of person where like I I've watched YouTubers from their early stages on. Like I was on YouTube <laughs> like way too young. I didn't watch Two Me Girls too. One Cup. I didn't watch that, but I was like watching. Yeah. I I. I just remember as a kid, and you're gonna think I'm so toxic for it, and that's okay. But I love Tobuscus's literal trailers. Do you remember those? Where mm. he would be like, where he would sing through um, Harry Potter trailers, and I was so obsessed. Same with like paint, like yes. Ever After. Wait, after, Ever after. after. 
after ever after like mm-hmm. and i would love them or like harry potter in 99 seconds and i would just obsess and i would listen to them surprisingly i never ran into bo burnham that way mm-hmm. i was introduced to bo burnham freshman year of high school um from like a friend's boyfriend because he said his comedy was good so i watched his netflix specials and i thought i just thought he was like interesting because i've never seen a comedian really incorporate music like that before so i really liked it yeah i i'd say bo burnham was my first introduction to like musical comedy really and i was like surprised that i liked it because like i'm very much a theater kid and if you put song and dance to anything i'm down for it but there's a certain point where i'm like oh we're singing this whole way through oh i don't know about that but i remember watching i think it was what that was the first special i had watched of his and i was just really um i was just like really taking it back to how much i liked it and like how fast it went and then Make Happy came out, and my favorite part of Make Happy, you may disagree, I don't care, is the Kanye rant. Like, I know it by heart. I'm <laughs> like, oh, this is like, I was like, this is a magnum opus. This is like, no, seriously. I was like, watch, I was like, oh, who is this person? Because you can tell, like, he's intelligent. You can tell he's pretty, he's just intelligent. I don't think you could create that if you weren't, so. Yeah. Um, I just really, uh, and also the way he talked about, um, I don't know. I just found him to be just very authentic on the stage. I mean, he basically, I don't know if it was in his Kanye rant, because I'm trying to remember if they were two different bits, mm-hmm. where he was basically just like, I'm I'm a spectacle just for you. Like, I make all this just for you. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh. It was just very authentic and very real, yeah. which you don't really see with comedians. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I feel like when I was like, obviously listening to the Kanye rant, he's like talking about a Pringle can and how he can't his head hands a Pringle can and I was yeah. like this is hilarious but then mm-hmm. he becomes so self-aware in the rant where he like talks about like how I want to please you I want to satisfy you but I also want to do what I want and it was just like watching it and then he gets back into the the Pringle thing where he's being self-aware and he's kind of making us uncomfortable by like voicing out his anxieties to us if we're just like in the moment being like oh like yeah we are trying to like we want you to perform for us but at the same time like i don't know i feel uncomfortable because i paid this money for this and it's like and then he gets back into it and you don't feel anxious anymore it's kind of like i think it's also like the age of the comedian who grew up on the internet just like us Mm -hmm. like his most comedians most comedians i see and they're talking about oh i hate my kids i hate my wife (laughs) <laughs> even like even female comedians are like this is what i hated about pregnancy and i'm like i'm not thinking about that for another 10 years yeah. um but now finally we're seeing comedians um especially now that comedy isn't just limited to in person it can be on netflix it can just be tiktok sketches that they grew up on the internet and mm-hmm. i think that that was really smart about the kanye rant where he's like i'm sticking my hand in a pringles can it doesn't fit i hate myself i'm anxious mm-hmm. i'm a spectacle and then just like our attention spans, we're like, oh, never mind. Let me look at this funny video. You know, mm-hmm. it was like, it, it's always like, he's just so interesting with his, I think a lot of that um, with um, his special uh, during the pandemic was like that as well, was recognizing um, most of his sketches were like under five minutes each because he knew he couldn't have our attention for that long. I really liked, um, I kind of watched Zack Stone is going to be famous. I think they took it off of Netflix. I, I did it. not watch that, but I remember because I saw him um, freshman year of high school, uh-huh. like um, his specials, I made my family go see eighth grade, which luckily my mom wanted to see it too. Mm-hmm. But the problem was my family is me, um, two younger sisters, uh, dad and mom. So we really liked eighth grade. It was going great. Did you see it? Yeah. And then there's the scene where she's 
14 and there's an 18 year old boy wanting her to do stuff mm-hmm. and my whole my whole family was like in the theater like oh my god <laughs> we couldn't believe we were watching yeah. it um but i think it it was also like really important that we watched it because it's me and two younger sisters specifically mm-hmm. so who are all growing up on the internet so i think even though it was really awkward to be watching it it was really important that we all watched it so it was yeah. it felt very real you know i loved eighth grade like i thought it was a phenomenal movie I feel like the writing was so good and Bo Burnham is the perfect person to write that kind of film because he went through that and he kind of dealt with it because when he was like first starting on the internet he was just making like silly little videos to show his brother but then they went viral and he kind of just like got this fame overnight and it was so strange and he can kind of relate to like the younger generation because even though he was on YouTube like before like most kids had their brain developed before most kids were like even starting kindergarten they still use the same site that he used and he can recognize their anxieties and the way he wrote the movie it's not like other high school movies you see where like oh i'm awkward and i i like this popular guy but i just don't know what to do and like there's the two diverse friends or whatever and like no like elsie fisher embodied this role so well where like this person is awkward they're shy like they like wear their headphones on the table when their dad's just trying to talk to them it's like so painfully real and i have to say like when that scene the scene came up in the car i was like sitting there and i was kind of like this guy better let her out of the car and i was just kind of sitting there and i was like oh this feels so like like almost every girl knows what a feeling is when like they're with a dude and it's like i'm kind of uncomfortable at this moment and i don't know whether to leave or to fight you because i don't know who you are right now also she was like 14 and it was just there are two really great things about that movie like like you said it wasn't like a typical high school movie where in most high school movies are like pool party but to her a pool party Mm -hmm. is like anxiety central which felt felt um but another thing that i still haven't really seen in other movies that he perfected was the use of social media and technology because half of the time it's just written by millennials Mm -hmm. or even worse boomers who are like let's do a tiktok dance um, but he he incorporated it in an authentic way. And then also in interviews, recognized he was like, yeah, I knew it was going to be specifically hard to even incorporate trends. Because trends, you know, he went viral when viral, like, truly meant viral. Where it was like 40 million views. Yeah. Your mom, your your grandma knew you're about them. You're on Ellen. You're on Good Morning America. You're on Ellen. You're hot in Target and all of a sudden, like, <laughs> you're on Ellen. But, um... He recognized, like, at this point, you know, it's going to be hard for me to make a movie and also owning up to that because I think it was either the kid said dab or, like, something mm-hmm. stupid. And he was like, it had already aged out. Mm-hmm. And But he's like, that's okay. It's He just had to live with it. Um, But no one else would recognize no, it. No directors who are 20 years older than him, 40 years older than him would even think about that. And that's what I really appreciated. Yeah. And that's true because, like, a lot of times when you see cell phones in movies, cell phones are used for, like, calling and, like, texting. But when they show them on the screen, it's completely different from what you actually see on your phone. And when yeah. you're looking at, like, um, the phone, like, in eighth grade when she's texting people, her phone screen is cracked. She has no protector on it. It's like, that's what eighth grade kids have their phone as. Yeah. You know, I think one example that came to mind was Never Have I Ever which I love the show on Netflix. The third season just came out, and, like, I have my own... I didn't see it yet. Listen, it's... I didn't see it. Well, they didn't market that at all. I just recognized... 
I just didn't market the third season, at least for me, because I opened up my, tw- no, I opened up Netflix, and it was, like, recommended for you, new season, and I was like, what? Mm. I had no idea it came out. Um, but yeah, I watched the two seasons. Um, it's two seasons, so I'm still waiting to finish the third. Honestly, Netflix and their marketing team, it's, I can't even get into it. It will be a whole thing. But basically, like... I was so pissed. There's one movie I do want to hype up that they did not give... Any, any um, advertisement to it, it's the Sea Beast on Netflix. It's an animated movie. It's fantastic. It's like How to Train Your Dragon meets, like, Moana, mm-hmm. but also has, like, this really intense, like, kill the colonizers, mean like, message at the end, which like I was that. like, yes. It was really good. It was so good. What's it called? It was basically, it's called Sea Beast. No, it's, like, the whole thing, not kill the colonizers, well, yeah, but it was kind of, like, hitting classes against each other and we can just educate everyone and we can overthrow the ruling people like that was literally the message i was like holy shit oh the sea beast yeah it's so oh, good oh i've been meaning to watch this movie actually oh my god you love it <laughs> anyway sorry i completely changed the topic i love animated movies i hate when they aren't given like mm-hmm. the same level of respect as like other movies so i'll always hype them up and not promote them <laughs> i have to say this because i've mentioned this in like every previous podcast i i've done um if you like animation you should watch out for intergalactic it's a new show coming on netflix at the end of september uh it's produced by kid cuddy and he's still gonna do an album at the same time the the show comes out yeah like timothy chalamet vanessa hudgens uh laura harrier ty dolla sign like why did i I never hear this jessica williams is gonna be in it like yeah it's it's gonna be so good so is it animated, and I say this, like, because I watch it all, like, animated, like... It's animated kind of, like, intended um, for kids, Into Spider-Verse no? is animated. Okay. And it's not for kids. It's, <laughs> it's a romance, no, kind of. Because, like, like, I watch, like, She-Ra and mm. Avatar. Those are, like, kid shows. I love She-Ra. But I'll watch, like, I'll watch animated shows that also aren't intended for kids. But I yeah. get the vibe. The Shade Apprentice agrees the Sea Beast is great, so I have to go watch it. But I, so I fully recommend you guys watch Intergalactic when it comes out at the end of September because apparently I'm the only person talking about this show. Apparently. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm going to watch it now that you mentioned it. Yes, oh absolutely. Uh, yes. Netflix marketing team, like, the only thing I've ever seen them market properly was The Umbrella Academy, the first season. And they had, like, billboards, bus signs, commercials, like, Twitter ads. Like, they're telling everybody about that show. And, it doesn't, and like, it shouldn't be, like, people on Twitter making these fan cams for, like, Heartstopper and The First Kill <laughs> for us to figure out these shows exist. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, they promote the hell out of Stranger Things because they know it's the only thing keeping, like, a third of their subscribers actually subscribed, which... But that's because they spent all their money on that show. Like, yep. literally all of their money on that show. It's mm-hmm. it's crazy to me. Yeah. I digress. Um, I forgot what we were talking about. Eighth grade. Oh, Bruno. Bruno yeah. Eighth grade. <laughs> I still love that movie to this day i also feel like elsie fisher was like the perfect casting choice because i've seen like elsie like stream on twitch and also like be in like youtube videos and like exactly the same as the character in the movie and oh, yeah, she streams with um she did a whole minecraft or they i think they go by i don't know their pronouns actually i think they might go by any pronoun yeah. at this point because i followed them i, I followed them um I don't know if I still do, just because, like, I, my Twitter feed was just incredibly clogged up, and I'm like, bruh. Um, you know, Minecraft World with, like, Curtis Connor, Jarvis mm-hmm. Johnson, like, all of your favorite reaction YouTubers, commentary YouTubers, yeah. there was a whole Minecraft World, and they were in it, and I thought that was awesome. I absolutely 
love Elsie Fisher and I also think that like it's great to see Bo trying like different things in directing because I know that he mm-hmm. also directed Gerard Carmichael's um comedy special Rothaniel which came out just this year which is very very good it's on HBO it's Max movie? it's a comedy special Show movie Okay, then I'll have to watch it. It's actually, it's like one of my favorite comedy specials that I've watched. Because it was like one of the only ones that like made me cry. But like in a way where like I deeply related to it. Because like, yeah. it's it's so good. Like Gerard Carmichael but is also very on Bo Broner. Also, oh my god, I completely forgot until now hmm. that I did this. Um, I, because of my de- my degree I was getting, um, we took a celebrity culture class. Mm-hmm. And the whole point, the whole like big project in there was to rehab a celebrity and like a celebrity that you think has fallen off mm. or that you, you know, would want to, you know, put some life, put some life into their career. So some people like, I mean, this was during, this was three years ago. Mm-hmm. So for some people, for some people that meant like Kanye West, because that was like when he was really struggling, which we, mm. that's a whole conversation for another day. Yeah. Um, but I picked Bo Burnham because that was the year after eighth grade came out. And I was like, he needs to do something. Like, he needs to direct another movie. He needs to possibly get back into comedy, which I knew wouldn't be a big thing because he said that, you know, live shows give him panic attacks, which I was like, okay. But then, of course, literally not six months after I come out with this thing of he needs to do a specific special, he comes out with Inside. And mm. I was like, I knew this man. I knew this man. <laughs> and then, look, he has, he has a renaissance. I was like, look. <laughs> so right it's actually crazy to like see like the younger generation fall in love with Bo Burnham and like his music and his comedy and just like how he so purely relates to like anxiety and what it's like to perform online and what it's like to like put on a face entertain people and just kind of it's truly like I should not have been surprised by how much TikTok literally took his songs and ran them into the ground like I mean they're running the other one his unreleased songs that he's now released the um, like, how is the best choice, Joe Biden? Oh, that one? <laughs> yeah, oh that one is gosh. a thing. Because now everyone is, like, saying, me when I get my student loans, like, unexpectedly forgiven. Like, yeah. <laughs> so they're taking that one now that I've seen on my For You page a couple times. Not as crazy as they, you know, because when it first came out, I mean, it was literally everywhere. You could not scroll three videos without that audio. Um, but, yeah, he's, uh, it's coming back. His sounds are still here. Yeah, I don't know how many times I've heard the reverb version of like, well, well, look who's inside again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I do love Bo Burnham. I think he's very talented. And I was really surprised to see him in Promising Young Woman because like that TikTok. I didn't didn't watch that because my friends told me not to. So I I was like, yeah. No, because of that. The ending, the ending I heard it. it was really rough. Okay. Um, I'll watch it. But I think it was really not only meta, but mm. I I've, I've gotten it I've gotten it spoiled because I, I I'm I don't care about spoilers. Um the fact that they took him and like almost weaponized him as the white oh boy that looks gosh. nice. Like he him in Max partic- Greenfield. He participates still and benefits from uh, the patriarchy and will mm-hmm. participate in rape culture and all of that. So, cause like, he's not obviously the rapist, but he's participating in it, making jokes about it. Yeah. Um, laughing along. At least that's what I've picked up from not watching the movie, but have heard from other people. So. Basically like promising woman. If you don't know, it's a film directed by Emerald Fennel, who is very, very talented. She also worked 
on Killing Eve, I believe, and it stars mm-hmm. Carrie Mulligan. And basically, Carrie Mulligan is avenging her friend who was sexually assaulted by this guy in, in college. And she will go to nightclubs or bars or whatever, pretend to be drunk if a guy takes her home and tries to have her their way with her. She, like, wakes up. She's like, okay, first of all, what do you think you're doing? And she has, like, you know, a whole notebook of, like, tally marks of guys that she's kind of, like, scared straight or something like that. And eventually she finds out that the guy who assaulted her friend Nina is getting married. And it just brings up all these emotions for her because she hasn't... She's still upset about it, and she wants to basically avenge her in a way. And I, like, I have a whole TikTok about it. It's my most popular TikTok. I still get comments and likes about it to this day, and I don't know why. Because, like, it's probably, like, my most... It's always the TikTok you make, and it's like, I'm just going to put this out, and it's going to be fine, whatever. And it's like, how many views did this get? Like... It's me with celebrity interview moments, bro. I recorded it in my car right after I got my nails done and then posted it. And then I was like, what the f***? That TikTok did not die. It's, no. It just kept going. Like, I think, oh, God, it was horrible. And then people would parody me, and I was like, what the f*** is going on? Literally, like, you started a kind of trend on TikTok where people are like, you know, what is I actually, oh, yeah. This one girl was like, this one girl just asked a question recently, like, what's something that, um, a scam that we're that we don't know is a scam and someone stitch it and they're like no we're not doing this again and i was like my impact (laughs) (laughs) literally literally yeah i feel like just like promise young woman is a really good movie it's more like a black comedy kind of way it is it's described as a thriller i wouldn't say it's a thriller for so to speak but i did bo burnham's character was more um he was dating Carrie Mulligan's character in the movie and they knew each other in college and the one thing that was red flag to me in the film was that when they first met he kind of like cash she mentioned that she had a friend Nina who like either passed away or he mentioned her but he didn't seem that interested in continuing the conversation around Nina and he just wanted to like talk about her but it's kind of like oh he's interested in her but it's also like we all know what happened to Nina and we know that she's not so what you know it's like yeah and i'm glad that bo mm-hmm. took that role because it is different than like other things he's done and i feel like he said in the interview that like he was glad to take that role because it's a story told from a certain perspective that he couldn't relay and i'm glad that he has that awareness but it's also cool to see him make eighth grade and have that scene that's not too specific but it's just like as uncomfortable enough where like you can get it like you can understand and i feel like that's what the mm-hmm. purpose of eighth grade is to bring up like the awkwardness of like growing up and like trying to fit in and trying to find your place and i love the end scene with the guy like the little kid and them and they're both being like awkward friends together yeah. and they're just like being two little weirdos and i'm like this is yeah. this is what people want they just want to well i just remembered that that's yeah it was such a good ending yeah. Um, what part, like, what is something that Bo Burnham has made or created that you really like or, like, something that's really resonated with you? I think what truly, like, resonated with me in the, um, in Inside was, uh, there were two of them. One of them was first joking about the girl on Instagram, making mm-hmm. fun of her, and I was like, great, this is at the expense of a woman, like, whatever. Because it was, like, funny, but guys always like to make fun of, um, specifically like white girls and then pretend and, and then being like see I'm like I'm like hating on white girls but it's really just sexism and, and misogyny and they're they're just shielding it so it's like whatever 
still a little funny because girls can be cringy on Instagram. Um, but then saying, then that whole like rant about how she posted about her mom and it's been her, it was her best friend who died like, and she will never forget her. And I think that it was really just interesting for him to be like, yeah, social media is an act, but then there's like, people will be vulnerable on it too. So I just, I just like really um, empathized with that, that character that he created because that that's me right now, figuring out my footing on social media. It's like, I don't want to like be too emotional on it. Cause I want to like, I don't know. But then the second part was um, welcome to the internet. Uh, that song just because of my ma- my major was media studies so that's mm-hmm. all looking at internet culture and how it changes society and um like welcome to the internet um you can build a bomb like mm-hmm. i don't know it he'll change from like oh look here's like really funny things like yeah. charlie the horse here's charlie the horse also here's the alt-right pipeline like mm-hmm. that's literally like that's literally and i thought that it's the first time that I've seen a comedian, like, it's just, like, he brings up so many topics that we talk about all the time on the internet. Yeah. And he brings them up in, in like, funny ways, like, joking ways, but also, like, no, this is serious. Yeah. I, I just really, I really appreciated that um, for both of them. I love the part where, like, he's starting to sing and, like, he's, like, slowing down a little bit. He's, like... You unstoppable, watchable, time is now, you're inside out. Like, the little kind of, like, I don't know, the lyrics that he says in certain songs, and then he brings them back, kind of, like, in the different songs, like, in Goodbye, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't remember it right now. But basically, like, he has this way of basically taking his own anxieties and just kind of, like, laying them plainly in a way where we can all, like, kind of relate and understand And I really do find, like, I like Inside, and I've liked certain parts of it. My favorite song is All Eyes on Me, because I feel like Mm -hmm. that perfectly explains my anxiety. And I will literally sing it in the car on the way home, and I'm, like, just getting into it, because I can, like, I just feel it. And, like, I listen to it without the speech, because I can't, (laughs) I can't do the whole speech where he's talking about, like, I used to have panic attacks for every show, and I was like, oh, gosh, that's Mm -hmm. a lot. (laughs) That's a lot for a Monday morning. I'm not gonna lie, though. But... It it also welcome sorry to because I just remember no, go ahead, another go ahead. thing like specifically like being like working in news and really believing in the power of like good journalism mm-hmm. the specific lyric where he's like um which power ranger are you take this quirky quiz anyway like Obama sent the immigrants to vaccinate yeah and like but like seeing people on Facebook because I had to run a lot of social media accounts for um, news channels and seeing people comment and just the way that they've been like absolutely just Unhinged. by the internet yeah and it sucks like people have seen their grandparents completely like sweet sweet like grandparents or just like relatives just fall down this mm-hmm. crazy like rabbit hole yeah the internet curtis connor recently talked about it on his youtube um and i had to cover this in news as well where this one dude um it was like what the i can handle covering you know sad news i probably because we were also raised on the internet where yeah. like nothing really Nothing really bothers us. We've seen shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was covering this one guy who randomly killed four people. Oh. Like he was beloved in the community, killed four people. He killed two, an elderly couple, and then an adult mom and her child, like a little girl. And he posted a video before doing it, and I found it. Mm. Which we, we decided that I have to make the decision with my news station, do we share that video or do we not share it? Is it newsworthy? Is it not? So I watched it, and... I realized he had fallen down. He was he was mentally ill. He had um, like delusions. Uh, he was he was either schizophrenic or just was going through psychosis. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, when you have, we've seen this a lot with people with schizophrenia. He thought everyone was against him. That's a normal delusion to have when you're not medicated. Mm-hmm. Um, he had access to Reddit. And he found that there's this whole group of people who are gen- genuinely just schizophrenic saying everyone's out for you. You've been selected and the government's out for you. Kids are out for you. Mm-hmm. And he, he was told by other people on Reddit, these four specific people you have to kill. And he did it. That's the scary part of the internet that yeah. you don't even think about. And like, I've never been a part of, obviously, but I hear about it. Uh, even you see just inklings of it on like Andrew Tate and like Ben Shapiro, where they're like, people are out to get you. People are going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Uh, women don't want to have sex with you, which literally Bo mm-hmm. Boner brings up in a song. And like, I didn't even think about how serious it was until I saw four people were dead. And I was yeah. like, oh, my God. And the fact that Bo Burnham and sorry, that was that like relating it back to my no, life. I do that a lot. Fine. But like, Bo Burnham was able to put that in his song and make it sound quirky and funny, but like you said, he's very authentic, where he was wearing those spooky glasses and, like, mm-hmm. you know, acting like, I have all this information, look what I can show you. And mm-hmm. it's genuinely, it can be life or death. And, like, that's terrifying. And he made that song terrifying. Um, yeah, sorry, terrifying, that, was, like... that was a horrible tangent and, like, probably scarring that everyone had to hear about that, it's... but, like, it's real. And it's terrifying i mean it is real and like um like you were saying like the visual aspect of inside is also so great because in that song he's literally just playing the piano and he starts slapping you see the red dots in his eyes and it's like okay let's back up a little bit bro let's bring it down a notch you know and yeah it's not crazy that he just did it all in one room and then it still looks why don't you talk about the visual element <laughs> like, what part of like you, you, you were so good about that like yeah the thing is like there are so many parts of the it's so interesting to watch inside like the first time i watched it i was honestly just blown away by it all because i love the clip of him basically parodying reaction videos and like it's so funny to me it's so funny to me yes. this man has been literally like he started his like later adolescence on the internet and him growing into adults seeing how the internet has like changed and yet still remained exactly the same because reaction channels are like such a huge part of the internet and to like see him kind of like parry them and like kind of like bring like the twitch chat into it is like please please sir let me live let me rest okay if i can't react to kitchen nightmares then what do i have what content can i make please it's so oh my god well because he's not just a creator he's like clearly a user of the internet and just so ingrained in the culture Mm -hmm. and even younger like comedians like i think of pete davidson it's not the same like really not he fully leans into it and i love it. pete davidson his humor in regards to like his mental health is a little different because he has the edgy humor but Bo Burnham, well, Bo Burnham was edgy in his earlier career, which we can get into. But Pete Davidson is edgy in the way that, like, he's a stoner. Like, I might be sad, but at least I fuck. You know, he's, like, that kind of edgy. And then Bo Burnham is very much, like, uh, I wore the clothes my mom got me at the Goodwill. And, you know, I may have a girlfriend, but she's not my girlfriend. You know what I mean? And I also yeah. love playing the saxophone. Like, he's, like, that kind of, you know, anxiety. And it, it just manifests in different ways. But I feel like Bo has this kind of... It's a thing that a lot of people have when you have, like, mental anxiety. And, like, you can talk about it and you can relate to other people. But then there comes the part where, like, oh, now people see me as, like, a voice of reason. Oh, crap. Um, that's a lot. I mean, I'll take on the role, but, like, that's a lot. You know? I think it's cool that he's recognized that because 
maybe Pete Davidson should recognize that at one point, but he recognized, like, in his specials, he was literally just like, please don't idolize me. Please don't put me on a pedestal. He has a song <laughs> called, you know, Blank Yourself, where he's basically like, celebrities are not medical professionals. You shouldn't take our advice. Not even my advice, bro. And he talks about how, like, he doesn't even feel like he has made it because parents want their kids to be doctors. And here he is singing songs <laughs> on a stage with a tiny little piano, like... How has he made it? What has he done? And well, he did such, yeah, he did such a good commentary. You reminded me of that one bit where he did a commentary on boy bands. Mm-hmm. And he said Justin Bieber saw him and got, like, offended about it, where a boy bands have commodified, like, love songs, mm-hmm. how any girl can relate to them, and then be like, this boy's in love with me. Oh, my God, I have a chance at finding love like that. Um, where he's like, girl, I love you and your eyes, and they're brownish, greenish, bluish color. Mm-hmm. Like, I love your arms. I love your arms. You have two on either side. Yeah. Like, And I, I reflected on it, watching it, um, now being older after being a One Direction fan and being like, yep. <laughs> One yeah, Direction, Five Sauce, listen. I saw them that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Literally, BTS is just, like, the same thing over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I... We could talk about how much we love Bo Burnham all day. We need to talk about what we don't really like about Bo Burnham. <laughs> and I'm going to get into a little bit because, like, I am very much a huge Bo Burnham fan because I've been a fan of him for a very long time. And it was only, like, maybe, like, a year or two ago where, like, I reintroduced myself to Bo Burnham and his comedy and, like, watching his interviews and, like, Inside really just, like, brought Bo Burnham back to me. But bringing him back to me also brought up a lot of things because when I was younger, I was a person who would only watch... There's another way to say this. I would only watch things with white people in it. And so I only got that perspective of it, but I knew I wasn't getting my perspective. And now, obviously, with, like, diversity and new voices and new things... I was gonna say, where, did you only watch white people, or did you only have the option? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, like, early, yeah. early YouTube, you had Glow Zell. Like, that, that was literally it. That's, like, the, yeah. that's, like, the only, like, non-white creator I can think of. And even that, she was just... It wasn't... Yeah, Kingsley. But even that, I remember, I didn't really watch Kingsley, but I remember mm-hmm. Glozell, and she was still, like, a huge, like, character. Mm-hmm. And granted, granted, most people at the time were characters. Like, Smosh wasn't, I mean, they were always playing a character or yeah. something. But you know yeah. what I mean? Now with diversity, we finally have, you know, there's so many more, like, creators who are, you know. I just wanted to ask you, like, did you only yeah. choose, or was that the only option? Like, I mean, <laughs> like, I was literally, like... <laughs> Honestly, like, that was kind of like, the only option because that was, yeah. the, like, the most popular creators were mainly white, obviously. And, you know, with, um, with watching Bo Burnham, it was just something different to see somebody who kind of, like, voiced the things I was feeling, but I didn't know the words. And I didn't have, really know what to say. And Bo Burnham coming out with a special for, like, a pandemic special, I was like, this is so him, and I should have expected it. I should have known. I should have seen it coming. Because of course he would. This sad little man. Of course he would make us a little special. Like talking about how he's inside and stuff like that. But like uh, I was basically. There are a lot of things I do like about Inside. And I think the one thing I just couldn't get around. Was I guess the doomerism kind of of it. Because I know that with anxiety we cannot help but like think about the worst parts of things. And a song that I really do love is funny feeling because it's like it generally like it genuinely relates all of the feelings you have towards the world because 
every single day you watch the news and the world is on fire the people in charge don't know what they're doing and your new favorite actor or actress has turned out to be kind of a bad person and you cannot help but like think like what's the point what should i do but as somebody who has genuinely lived a life where like that mindset would not be helpful to me i have always had to be someone who's like looked on the bright side and like persevered and tried to be optimistic and i understand that Bo is trying to relay his feelings of emotions and anxiety towards like how the world kind of seems to be going downhill but it's also kind of like yes things are getting bad but be honest Bo are they really getting bad for you because last time i checked you got money and i don't so you know yeah like i get it but i also feel like a lot of people were singing that song on tiktok and obviously like you do the thing on tiktok where you have the sound and you have the sad face and they put the words on the screen for five seconds to boost it in the algorithm but mm-hmm. also i find i this is me personally i understand the feeling of despair and like hopelessness but when we kind of like stay on it or like we kind of like focus in on the things that are shitty it takes it away from us like doing actionable things to change it because i know about burnham is someone who can like donate i know he's someone who's donated money and he'll like share the petitions and all that stuff and i get that and he's trying to it's the same thing with the song he did with the sock where he was that's how the world works that's how the world works and i was kind of like yeah that is how the world works works but it was also kind of like i don't need a white man in 2021 to tell me how the world works because i knew this i know this and you know this and like it's a special monica just take it as it is like i get it but i've also been someone who's kind of like i want you to recognize what's wrong and what sucks and what's bad but i want you to then tell me what you want to do to move forward because i'm like that with a lot of people especially on discord because people always want to be like oh my gosh america sucks america's terrible america's awful like yes it is but i know that there are people in your community who have organizations who are like uh prosecutors i know that there are people in your community who would love for you to give them five dollars to help them out you know so Mm -hmm. maybe let's not on go on a 20 minute discord rant in this freaking voice channel where we were like making funny voices and like having fun and you want to bring the mood down with like your shit like let's you know let's try and move forward with this you know yeah and that's also how i feel about like news people always say that the news makes me depressed and everything and i actually just got on my for you page this reporter who's like i left because i realized that my station was bought by disney so we were always controlled by what disney wants and i'm like we can focus on because it's totally like fox is owned by the murdoch brothers and the murdoch family i mean my station that i don't want to name is owned by also a really big corporation and i'll probably just like out it i guess but there was a really big celebrity who came forward um about this really awful person that they worked with and i put it in a channel and i was like we should invite this person to the morning show and no one bit because that show that she was probably groomed on was also on a role like they had shown it um so like yes we should recognize that these corporations own you know media channels and sometimes that does silence us Mm -hmm. but there's also people who are amazing storytellers and can bring things like that i wasn't aware of um to like make me like make me aware of it and make me care about it and i think that's just really powerful and i do really believe in like good storytelling and good journalists even you like you're a creative and like even just bringing up, like, bringing up, um, you said Invincible is, like, the yeah. new show coming out. Like, damn. Like, I didn't know that before. And you just told me. <laughs> exactly. 
And so I've always felt that way. Like, yeah, the news makes me sad, but like yeah. every day, like I get news of this puppy who didn't have legs and humans learned how to make a wheelchair for it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's what I love. So, like sometimes I get like really, really down about the news. Then I find good news. And I'm like, you know what? It's worth it. Yeah. It's so worth it. And Bo Burnham doesn't really, he ended it on like a really rough note. I yeah. Feel like. Yeah. And I feel like there's still like good in people and there's always good in like fields. I think that that's always true. You worded it so perfectly, really. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Like, overall, I love the special, like, inside. I also, I think I had a little bit of a problem because, like, a lot of times with generally white people, when they talk about, like, things like racism, they talk about it like it's a single mindset. Like, he brought up, like, the systemic problems with racism with, like, this is how the world works. And, like, of course, he's brought up, like, global warming and stuff like that in um, That Funny Feeling. And I can't expect Bo Burnham to go into, like, a 20-minute lecture about racism. Because, <laughs> like, he has other things to talk about. And it's great that he's bringing it up in a way. I just also, like, notice that sometimes with um, creatives who happen to be white and on the liberal side is that they paint it in, like, a way where it's like, oh, these people are evil. These people are terrible. And I'm like, no, they're not evil per se. Because if your politician is, like, like someone like okay, Kristen Cinema, who is a politician, she's a policymaker, and she is someone who was bought by big oil because when she was first campaigning, she was very much liberal leftist, like one of the first bisexual women to be elected into, I think Congress or Senate. That's maybe where she is. But basically, like now, she is someone who is so easily swayed by corporations, and you could say that she has kind of like left her base. But it's also the fact that like hum- like people can be bought and i think that like you know sometimes it's not that one person is bad it's that there are been several things put in place to where like if the one person does something wrong they feel like they're following the crowd because everyone else is just doing the same thing like aoc she is a great person and when she was campaigning she was like amazing and she had all these like kind of campaign promises to bring to congress but of course when she got to congress she didn't realize that like all these people who've been there for so long have been there because they don't really do anything and when they do do something it's based off of corporate interest or to keep their seat so that yeah it's the- not an evil part it's not like evil people yeah. it's multiple systems that yes. have been ingrained in our history yeah like it's not i hate to be like it's not the people because you know sometimes it is yes. but you know what i mean like it's people who participate in these really ingrained like hateful system multiple yeah you know because there's racism, but then there's also, like, right now in Texas. Is it Texas or Missouri? It's All of the southern states are falling apart right now because of weather. But um, there's horrible flooding. Like, eight, like the whole population is without running water. And, like, 80% of that population specifically is black. Hmm. While that's all, that is racism, it's also, like, environmental racism. So there's just multiple, like, it's in so many different systems that, no. Yeah, it is Texas. You can't just, you can't just, because, um, I mean, there's flooding everywhere. I just had to cover flooding in Kentucky, so I'm, like, everywhere in the South. <laughs> I always forget which state it is. But um, it's just so deeply ingrained in every single system that we have that you can't just be, like, it's one evil person. Boo. It's one big thing. It's really not. It's in, it's everywhere. It's literally everywhere. Yeah. So. And also, like, I've, this is more. You like, don't need Bo Burnham to explain it to you. Do you oh, know? yeah. You don't need Bo Burnham to explain it to you. Like, 
if we go back to his original comedy, he had one joke in a special where he had a call and response with the audience. Yep. I know exactly what you're talking about, because I remember watching that, and I was thinking, being like, huh? <laughs> like, huh? I remember, I think that's what caused me to stop watching him for a while, because I was kind of oh. like, oh, this is a different kind of comedy that, like, I'm not comfortable with, you know? Because, like, this would happen a lot where I would, like, watch someone on YouTube or whatever the frick I was watching, and they would just, like, do something weird or say something random, and I'm like, hmm maybe you're not the person for me. Like, the other person that comes to mind is Alfie Days, when he did a whole video about not spending any money, and he would just walk into places and get free food. And I was like, Alfie, I want you to think for a second. Do you really think I can walk into Dunkin' Donuts and get free donuts? Be for real. Be for real right now. Like... You sound like the TikTok fan. Be fucking for real. No, be <laughs> like, Be F-F-F-O. Be fucking for real. Like... Please, like, tap in. It's like when the celebrities are doing that trend where, like, they only spend $20 a day. And I was like, you cannot buy organic food. You have to buy, like, oatmeal ra- like oatmeal pies and, like, beans. a two- <laughs> like, can of beans. Beans and ramen. Literally. Like, a package. Beans, ramen, rice. That box of ramen is, like, four fifty. You're good. It's amazing. You should look at my picture <laughs> right now. That's all you need, really. Like... Gwen and Patrol, I don't know what we're doing here, babe. But the wheatgrass, you gotta put it down. The imagine all the people. No. <laughs> imagine all the like, people. Like, we will wallet. solve COVID. We will solve COVID. <laughs> I still haven't. It's been three years. It's been three. It's gonna be three years. I felt my sister's in college right now, and one of her friends got COVID already on campus. And I was like, oh. well, she's going to an isolation dorm, right? Right? Nope. Colleges got rid of isolation dorms. Fuck. The fact that people are more worried about monkeypox than, like, the disease that can kill you. Actually, fun fact, U.S. monkeypox death the other day. Huh? Yeah. But the person was severely immunocompromised. So at least it's like, okay. But also, a lot of other people around the country are also severely immunocompromised. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like people... It's already, you know, it's the first monkeypox death, but there's been out of 5,000. So, one in 5,000, I'm like, I'll take my chances, but think about other people to cause doom and gloom right now but <laughs> yeah. you're like yeah see it's a disease that will actually kill you and i'm like fun fact oh in case you didn't know yeah Ugh. i like i forgot what i was gonna say oh i think like it was on tiktok i think my main thing was like criticizing basically younger kids for like oh my gosh bo he's so like He's grown, and he's... That's another thing. He has a song called Problematic. He's like, when are you gonna hold me accountable? And I'm like, Bo, you can do that yourself. You have Twitter. You grown-ass man. I'm not gonna cancel you because you made yeah. terrible jokes when you were younger. I don't know. Hop on Joe Rogan's podcast and just address it. What do you want me to do? Yeah. You think I care? Like, <laughs> I... It's true. I know, like, I like, true. I like four out of the 13 songs released. Okay, so... So I can recognize someone's talent and like recognize that I like your your music and your content and your art, but also see that like you've done some things in the past that like you have not fully addressed and you kind of just want to like brush past it and like you'll make a funny song. Yeah, we could do that, or you could just like talk about it. And like I don't really expect him to because this man doesn't do interviews. Like the fact that he showed up to Phoebe Bridgers' concert <laughs> was like a surprise to everybody. <laughs> like he leaves his house. So true. He does things. Bo. He you does left, things in a public setting. You leave. You left the shed. What's going on? So true. I honestly, I honestly thought he like lived in a hole. 
Go, Sam. At least he's getting outside. I'm like, get, get the sun. Please. Yes. Oh, we outside. We outside. Um, is there anything else you would like to say in regards to Bo Burnham? He's doing. Isn't he doing a Sesame Street musical soon? He is. He is going to be in a Sesame Street film. He was supposed to be in in a show on HBO Max for Magic Johnson. He's supposed to play Larry Bird, but he canceled due to like scheduling conflicts. I would have liked to He's seen him play Larry the- Bird. Yes. Yes. I would have loved to have seen that. See, that's interesting, because I feel like whenever I'm watching Bo, I'm watching a version of himself. Even in Promising Young Woman, he knew that he would kill that character because he... That character. Like, not, you know. But he, he benefits from multiple, you know. Mm-hmm. Could, he could convincingly play that character because he probably, you know, is very much like it. But Larry Bird? I feel like I've never seen him play someone that. else. Right? Yeah. I think he should direct another movie. I think he should. Oh, I would be so excited if he. I I wanted him to fully go into into directing. He should. I was like like fuck live performances, just three things that aren't related to your problems. Like mm-hmm. that was also what was so great about eighth grade. He's like, and, and inside it was all about when you're gonna hold me accountable. Look how awful the world is. But eighth grade, it's like, oh look, there's girls who are really being damaged by social media, and like it was just telling like another person's story, which I think was more impactful. I think that Bo Burnham and Jenny Slate kind of have like very similar comedy styles and i would like to see them work together i think they would be very interesting oh interesting uh, did you watch marcel the shell with shoes on i haven't seen the movie but i've seen everything else jenny play has yeah. done <laughs> i really want to see marcel the shell i was gonna see it when i went on i went uh to virginia with my family and we were gonna see it on a rainy day but of course like they weren't showing it because it's such like a small movie but i really wanted to see marcel the shell because i didn't realize that was jenny Slate. Mm-hmm. Wait, at all. Also, did you realize that the director was her ex-husband and they were, like, married for multiple years? Yeah. I saw the trailer and, and I was kind of like, oh, <laughs> hi there. <laughs> I was like, okay. Also, did you know that Jenny Slate dated Chris Evans? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was so surprised when I learned that. No. Like, no. Jenny. I was like, oh, he likes funny girls. Okay. Do you want to hear something crazy? Tell me. That the, one that, the one that got away by Katy Perry. Do you know who that's about? Who? Groban. You raise me up? <laughs> they dated. From Glee. Who's Josh Groban? From Glee? Okay, someone be for real. Not Glee. We have to... No, no. It's that one scene from Glee. It's like, like I love Josh Groban. Who's Josh Groban? Who's Josh Groban? Kill <laughs> <Do> yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I remember that. that I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. I, remember that. I have watched yeah. Glee like twice. Over. Never. I'm a theater kid. Never seen Glee. I feel like I'm a like I'm like one of a kind. Like <laughs> I watched Glee when it was on TV. I watched it. My grandparents it. watched Glee. My grandparents who you know are older. They're not. They're like you know what I mean. Like when you think of like white grandparents, why would they watch Glee? Those are my grandparents. They love Glee. I was like, what? they would love Glee. They love Mercedes, don't they? <laughs> yeah. I forget. They uh, but um. My sister, the only thing, the only reason I know Glee is because my sister watched Glee, and she chose to only show me terrifying moments. Mm. So the only scene I've ever seen was when Sue Sylvester, and I don't know, like I said, I've never seen it. Sue Sylvester locked Kurt and Blaine in an elevator, and then oh. rolled out in a little mini tricycle, and only would let them leave if they kissed. And that's all I know about Glee. Sue Sylvester. That is the only scene I've ever Literally seen, like, jail. from start to finish. Yeah. Literally I was like, jail. what are you watching? What are you watching right now? A masterpiece. I'm watching a masterpiece. I am watching Ryan Murphy's magnum opus and seeing his career form. 
the fact that I always think launched that man's career is like a blessing and a curse. Yeah, <laughs> a blessing and a curse. So true. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh. What can I say about Bo Burnham? Listen, Bo Burnham, on the off chance that you ever see this clip on TikTok, which I don't know, maybe. <laughs> Listen, I think you're very talented. I think you're a very amazing songwriter. And I feel like you're very introspective. And because you're so willing to be so open about your emotions and how you feel, it's drawn in a new generation as well as my own generation to your work. And we are fans of you for a long time. That being said, I just want you to know you are still a white man, all right? It's okay you did the whole Sako thing. It's cute that you made the song about being problematic. All I want to say is that, <clears throat> you know, also this relates to also the song he made, like, you're like a maybe Joe, vote for Joe Biden. And like, people's whole thing, listen, you guys could be upset about who the president is every day of the week, every second of every every breath you take. However... If we're just going to be upset about who's running the country and you don't take time to like figure out what's going on in your community, what's going on in your city, what's going on in your state, then you could spend your energy and time on that because that is something that will impact you personally and will help you out. Like I know we're all upset because Democrats did not codify abortion rights until they had to and we're still fighting for voting rights. Like I live in Georgia. I've had my own voter registration taking off the polls twice like i've had to re-register for voting twice before it's infuriating to live in this country sometimes however you know you can write your song you can do your dance you can put a sock on your hand you can put on the sunglasses you can do the cute little light show and all that stuff all of that's great at the end of the day i need you to do more than write songs i need you to do more than write just your little songs and you know make your opinion because there's more that can be done like, doing one donation in the middle of the pandemic is simply not enough for me, my guy. And I know that mm. you're someone who doesn't go on social media a lot, you don't do a lot of interviews, you want to keep to yourself, that's fine. But if you're just going to talk about the things that are wrong in the world and then live your comfortable little white life, then you're kind of just like all these other white liberals that you don't like. So mm. I need you to make some moves. You don't have to advertise every single thing you do, but if we're all taking steps to try and make our community better, then that's fine with me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm glad you got your, your Grammy. I'm happy for you that you got your Emmy. You know, you're a great director and all that. But there's more that can be done. And I can't even speak on it. FD Signifier has a really awesome video about it. And I feel like everyone should go watch it. Especially you, Bo. I feel like you would really benefit from it. Me saying this, like, he's actually going to see this clip. Maybe. Maybe not. I just think that... The best career choice and just personal choice he should make mm -hmm. is just amplifying or adding to other people's stories. Because the best thing he ever made was eighth grade, mm -hmm. honestly, because his face wasn't in front of it and he wasn't talking about... Like, it's nice to hear authentic struggles that he was going through, especially from, you know, honestly, like, hearing about a man struggling about mental health when he was a young boy on the internet. Yeah. That's, that, that's going to break down masculinity in many ways, like, what masculinity is right now. Yeah. Um, but... It was nice when you amplified a young girl's story or, you know, like, you know, someone else's story. I yeah. think he can add to, you know, take the spotlight off of you. You know, you've grown up in it and you thrive in it, but you are really at your best when you're adding to someone else's story because um, they're usually not just from, like you said, straight white man. <laughs> He's yeah. saying that thought. I also like, I didn't, I don't think I voiced this correctly early in the podcast. I'm going to try again. Um, there's a certain thing with, like, 
I understand we all feel like existential dread towards the future and what can happen next, but there are certain people that live in that dread. There are certain people where like they now see that the world is burning around them and they have fun- suddenly become aware to the fact that like racism exists, but like it's not just my grandfather. It's not just that. It's only. other people. Oh my gosh. <gasps> It's everybody. It's politicians. It's everybody. It's politicians. You're lying. It's politicians who actually like change our lives. Yeah. There's an entire political party that's okay with racism. Are you for real? Are you for real right now? Like that's it's that's kind of what like that funny feeling gave me. It's like you seem to become newly aware to this funny feeling, and I just want you to know that a lot of us have had that funny feeling at a much younger age, and now that we're older, we've learned how to manage it, adapt to it, and we know how to put action to it so it's great that you want to sing a four four minute and like 50 second song about every single thing wrong in the world but every single thing you're listing is something that people of color have been dealing with for most of their lives like global warming is a shit show but i'm telling you right now native americans have been trying to solve that shit for a long time so you know instead of talking about how the world is burning let's talk about how you know let's talk about solutions toward like land back let's talk about you know countries that have been like moving forward to like make the climate like better like let's try and you know it's good to be aware of the things that are going on in the world but if you're someone who likes to doom scroll if you're someone who loves to talk about everything that's horrible like there are these girls at my school they're usually white women that were just like i don't want to stand up for the flag because i'm not going to stand up in a country where a black man dies every 15 seconds and i'm like whoa <laughs> like <laughs> it's 7 a.m bring it down okay it's like are you right yes did you have to say it not really mm-hmm. you know because like when i have to tell uh, and like just telling other white people as mm-hmm. a white person i'm like like you just have to amplify don't mm-hmm. talk about anything that isn't related to you like you don't have to shout anything yeah you just need to shut up you gotta shut up and listen like it's really not that hard it's actually easier to not say yes. it's actually easier to listen. shut up like it's actually easier to be quiet about things that you know like what you know what i mean when <laughs> i don't know how to say it but just like why would i talk about a black woman's struggles? i'm not a black woman like hmm. you should listen to a black woman talk yeah. about a black woman's struggles. i should amplify a black woman like i don't know it's i just find of... it weird when I, like, when he talked about, um, like, Bo Burnham, like, like you said, talking about racism. I'm like, why am I listening to you talk about racism? <laughs> but you're not an expert about that on any means. <laughs> you're so, not. That's just, that's just my thoughts on it. I'm like, it's so easy to shut up. <laughs> like, listen. Bo Burnham, in his, like, if you listen to his older songs, which I did over the past few weeks, there are some jokes he makes where it's like, okay, you know. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, this is for the purpose of the song. And when you're listening to it in that time, like, in 2010, you're listening to a certain song, it's like, oh, this is smart. This is, like, woke. This is, like, so introspective. And now it's like, um, was this necessary? Did we have to bring this up in this song? And there was actually a time, I don't know if anyone else knows this, There's a time where Bo Burnham took all his songs on Spotify, and it was only the songs on Inside. And then he put oh, them did? back I on didn't Spotify. Know that. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, he did do that. And I was sitting here like I was looking through my like playlist. I have really weird playlists. I'm like, why is Art Dead not on here? Where Art is Dead? Where is it? Where's God's mm-hmm. perspective? I'm trying to listen to this. Where's left brain, right brain? Like I'm left brain, right brain. Good. Yeah, you know, overall, like 
I understand that you've grown, you've learned, you've changed. You're also like 30, so I guess that tells me who's in your circle. Like, I don't know if Gerard is your only black friend, like, what what's up with that or anything, but like, uh, just overall, like, obviously loved it. And I think like, Inside also kind of brings up how like, we love to make misery content. Like we mm. kind of take, we find solace in other people's misery, which Bo Burnham of course talks about in the special. And he's talked about in his other comedy specials as well, has like, you love to see me perform my sad little sad boy routine for you people and I take all your money and then I go home and I'm just sad I'm still sad I'm still a sad little man like it's kind of the here's my art here's me relating it to you you get it you understand you relate to me but now you're coming to me and now I'm pouring myself out to you but now I'm just sad and you're happy because you have my sadness and you can walk away with it and not have it but now I'm here and there's nothing left of me it's kind of like that so i understand why he took such a long hiatus from comedy mm. you know i i get it and i get that you know you've grown and you've changed and you've learned from it but like it's also kind of like let's also learn that existential dread is not the end point of your activism you know like a lot of y'all like to go on these marches and then you do nothing else like mm. a lot of white women love to put on the red hoods and you know pretend to yeah Y'all like the cosplay Handmaiden's Tale, but Handmaiden's Tale is literally a story that is drawn from, like, I've never watched Handmaiden's Tale. I don't like that show. I have never watched it. Never watched it. I've read it, but I've never watched it. I personally will not watch it because, like, a lot of the things that Handmaiden's Tale talks about is how black women were treated in slavery, and that's something that's never brought up in the show. And also the fact that, like, majority of the cast is white women. That I know. So, so like, um, what what's Elizabeth Moss? She's the thing that Tom... Oh, Scientologist? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or is she Mormon? I always... Scientologist. <laughs> it's yeah. definitely I'm like, Scientologist. which cult? Which cult? Yeah. I actually recently watched a documentary about fundamentalists. Like... A different cult? That's enough. Fundamentalist um, Latter-day Saints. So it's like Mormons who believe in polygamy, but then it gets into like child. Oh, rights. isn't that like all in Utah? All in Utah? Like it's all in like one country. Utah. Yeah. Do you know Jeff Warren? Don't. Jeff Warren was basically like the leader of um, a congregation, and he said that in what city was it? Salt Lake City. When the Olympics went there, he said that the world would end, and he told the entire he told a group of like ten thousand people sell your homes. Sell your business. Sell everything. We're packing all of your stuff. We're going to one city. And this city was full of fund- Mormons, but not fundamentalists. And then he, like, had these people in this one city with, like, barely any cell reception, barely any internet, and no access to the outside world. And Warren Jeffs, like, his dad was the leader, and his dad had, like, five different sons. But for some reason, Warren Jeffs was the one son that was chosen, and his dad died mysteriously. He definitely killed his dad. They don't talk about it in the special. He definitely killed his dad. It's 100%. Like, you can't convince me otherwise. And he started taking up child brides. He started marrying people off. Like, he bought the police in the community. Like, there were two women that actually, like, left and ran away. But he started, like, building, like, a different temple for himself. He would, like, take everybody's money and he controlled everyone's money. And, like, imagine you having a successful business. No. Imagine being raised in, like, a culture of polygamy. Like, you have three moms. And then one day, like, you all decide to sell all your stuff and leave. Like, that's wild. I did not just say slate it. 
polygamy. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, three months? What? <laughs> Kidding. <sighs> three times the mommy issues. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Overall, um, it's called Keep Sweet and Pray. It's on Netflix. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds... Yeah, no, I've heard about it. I think mm-hmm. my mom watched it, to be honest. Yeah. It's a very interesting documentary but it's all white people too so it's like oh not my problem polygamy polygamy in utah yeah huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's like not my issue you know and that's the same way i feel about hands tale it's like this is a very specific struggle you guys are leading to one uh group of people and it affected mm-hmm. another group of people more in the actual historical mm-hmm. context and yet you're putting it to fiction and i just want to say uh if you want to do that that's fine but there's a certain group of people where like if you i don't want to say get off but if you like to spend more time in your existential dread and less time doing something about it then Mm -hmm. this must be the first time you realized that something was going on yeah this must be the first time time you realized that it ain't shit out here this this, this must be your your wake-up call i didn't realize Mm -hmm. that no one else knew but now that you know let's do like a little bit more like i don't need like the sock being a representation not being a representation essentially but like i'm not the sock you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> like yeah um i feel like there's there's not much else to say really um overall bo burnham you know i do love you i think you're great i think you're very talented um there's still more work for you to be done you know what i mean if you ever want to make i think he is comedy going in a better direction yeah like, this is where i would want mainstream comedy to go yeah you know like being more open about your emotions not always because he did when he was younger but not making jokes at the expense of other people mm-hmm. you know what i mean i guess you were so sheltered much, as a but... kid but like yeah. we are all adults here so mm-hmm. yeah just want to say that um nothing against bo burnham or anything like that it's just that like it's not usually that i can have leeway for white people especially like grown-ass adults like it shouldn't have been um Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, and wow, Trayvon Martin. Tra- Trayvon Martin. It shouldn't have been like like these people for you to realize that like there's something wrong with this country. You know, mm-hmm. like people like when Twelve Years a Slave came out, people were upset that like a lot of movies and TV shows were made about slavery. But it's also because people treat slavery as a mystery in our country and not as something that was the foundation and the bedrock for our society that Literally brought the forth so many different things. That you did not realize is still associated with slavery. Bro, that's what pissed me off so much about Hamilton was never recognized. <laughs> Sorry. But uh, that was the thing. But he wrote, Lemon Miranda wrote a whole, if you knew this, whole third cabinet battle yeah. about the founding fathers going, we should talk about slavery. You know what? We're actually not going to talk about slavery. Let's put that off 30 years. And then he just wrote it out of the show. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's the one thing you need to recognize about the founding fathers and your founding fathers are so cool show. You gotta recognize that still. Mm-hmm. And you almost did, but then you cut it out. <laughs> Sorry. That was my little rant. That's what pissed me off so much. I'm like, you both are talking about it, and then you left it out. Hamilton is also something that I have a love-hate relationship with, because me too. you have people... Oh my god, I remember when uh, I was a theater kid in high school. We used to sing Hamilton every day. Like, when our, our theater teacher, her husband played the piano, when he got the Hamilton, like, music book we were insufferable yeah like someone doing the 
dun, dun, and then we would just launch into Hamilton, full four minutes. Oh, yeah. No one's stopping, no one's taking breaths, we're going all in, we're getting to the very end. Like, who's going to be Hamilton? Who's going to be Eliza? Who's going to be Aaron Burr? Mm-hmm. It's like, we fancasted ourselves, we started shipping the founding fathers together. On- oh, Miku Binder, Thomas Jefferson, yes. <laughs> I never want to hear that again. I was on Tumblr, so like in the Hamilton. Tumblr in Hamilton is like mm. Tumblr. Remember Tiffios? Huh? The Fallen Our Stars. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard it abbreviated like that in like that just sent me back ten years. <laughs> Literally ten years. <laughs> Literally, listen, that and like that musical. The fact that like so many people love that musical, and it took me like a few years after it came out and after I like left the delusion where I was like. Yeah, it's weird that you have people who would be owned by the people they're playing, playing these people on stage. And that is not the future that the Founding Fathers wanted. I think it was also just totally made, and, like, this is just me, like, recognizing it from a news perspective after, like, working in it. Mm -hmm. It was released before Trump was ever considered, like, a political contender. It was released during the Obama era, where, like, then continued in popularity as Trump was elected, as the country just got, Remember like, insanely... Remember when Mike Pence went to see Hamilton? And then they were like, why the fuck are you here? <laughs> they asked him that. You know what I mean? Like, it was released during a time where, I, where, like, change and that doomsday, like, culture that we've been talking about was a not... Like, it was finally kind of going away. Like, it wasn't prevalent. And now we see more and more often, like, this hatred and this, like, really big divide, and it makes us realize this stuff, like, later on. Like, it was nice to think about, these sounding fathers were great, look at the song, let's learn about history, and then, mm-hmm. and Donald Trump was elected president, and more Republicans got into office, and Roe v. Wade is, like, mm-hmm. being taken away, we're reminded more and more, this was not what they wanted. Yeah. It's a completely different country, like, so, it's okay that we didn't recognize that, because we were in a completely different era and political, like, climate. Now we're recognizing it because we're we've completely, I mean, I just think that, also, we were children. So, <laughs> we were yeah. kids. We didn't know. It's okay. That's what I say sometimes. Like, we didn't know. I don't think that critically. It's okay. I feel like Ro, um, no. I feel like Hamilton and Inside are kind of similar in the way that, like, this is what white liberals like. Like, they mm-hmm. like the fact that, like, people of color are playing founding fathers because they want to take away the history behind the Founding Fathers and just see it as that we're a part musical. of it. Yeah, it's yeah. just a musical, you know. Um, Thomas Jefferson being played by David Diggs. Oh my gosh, she's so talented. Who is this guy? Like David Diggs has been a rapper for years, guys. Like he, you just learned about him because he's on he's on Broadway, of course. But like, yeah. you know, he's been doing this for a long time, and obviously, like, um, it's this thing where you look at it just like with tunnel vision like this is a musical about founding fathers with people of color playing it Ooh, diversity Ooh, rapping oh my gosh breaking boundaries and oh my gosh Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote it directed it and produced it and started it like I feel the type of way about like directors who like insert themselves in things like Lin-Manuel Miranda is talented but you're not even the best rapper in the cast that's not me. rapper he's I'm sorry this is controversial he cannot sing he does not have a Broadway voice. I don't know why he cast himself. Well, you can tell because Lemon Manuel Miranda, I mean, Alexander Hamilton is one of the least vocally demanding roles as yeah. a lead I've ever seen. Yeah. It's not vocally demanding at all. Literally, one solo is Hurricane. Like, usually leads have multiple solos. Not Alexander Hamilton because Lemon Manuel Miranda. Doesn't even have the element of clock solo. Like, yeah. Even, like, Jonathan, way through the role. Jonathan Groff would probably have been a better lead. 
honestly, but you know, he's King George, and I love Jonathan Groff so much. Uh, I, my dad literally cried when he saw Chris Jackson like perform. He was like, "This man is literally oh Jesus on this earth." Chris Jackson <laughs> is so talented. He's yeah. so crazy talented. When they sang "One Last Time" at the White House, I did cry. I did cry because I am <laughs> emotional. Listen, but, but like, yeah, because it did come out and they performed at the White House, and mm-hmm. like it was like when Hamilton came out. I feel like it was the version a lot of people wanted to see our country as, and then as it you know continues, like oh damn, but that wasn't what our country was supposed yeah. to. Yeah, but that's mostly white people realizing that anyway. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like this is the version you want to depict it as because that's the same thing with like that funny feeling it's like oh these terrible things are happening what do we do what do we do because you're so used to like seeing things in such a sanitized way when you're confronted with the things that are bad with this world and you see how deeply rooted it is and like how long it's been going on it's like oh global warming is bad it's like yeah it's also contributed to colonization which has contributed to racism which has been going on for years in this country and they're like oh no what do we do it's like girl i could give you like i'm sorry like what do we do about global warming dot 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 google it like you know sometimes that's not the first thing that comes to people's minds but it's just kind of like there's a certain mindset people have where you look at hamilton and you see like this kind of sanitized version of history but you don't realize that like you're taking apart history and you're twisting it in a way that's comfortable for certain people when other people have seen it and understand it in a completely different way but you don't want to acknowledge that and then you Mm -hmm. take everything wrong with the world and you just kind of see it in a way where it's like oh no what do we do it's the bad guys they're winning it's like yes however there's also something else that can be done and the people who see that like that funny feeling feels like white liberal existential dread and then seeing <laughs> Hamilton as like the future liberals want is kind of just like let's acknowledge history and then see how it's feeding into the way our world is kind of being destroyed now mm-hmm. and then let's move yep. forward to something better like with Roe v. Wade when it happened I was obviously nervous and I was scared and I was freaking out but the one thing I absolutely did was look into like abortion clinics in my area because like I live near Planned Parenthood I see those people outside that Planned Parenthood every day. There's literally a five guys near Planned Parenthood. And there are police officers that go in there all the time. They love five guys for some reason. I don't understand why. It's so expensive in there. But they get paid like $30 an hour. So obviously they can afford it. But like, I went into five guys after Roby Wade happened. And they were talking about like how like, oh, I don't want to stay outside that place. Like, oh, if a girl gets pregnant, like that's her fault. Like all that stuff. And it's so gross and disgusting. But one thing I know is that, like, there will always be, there's always going to be someone who's ready for the worst possible scenario. So while other people are finding every little red piece of fabric they can find and stitching together a little Halloween cosplay, there are people putting their feet to the ground and digging up whatever money they can to try and figure out how they're going to help other people. You know, there are people who are, you know, using social media. They're trying to use other ways to communicate with people. There are, you know, there's always something else that can be done and will be done. And one thing people need to realize is that, like, when something bad happens, you can mourn and you can cry and you can be sad. But the next thing you need to do is try and find ways to help your community and to stay informed. Mm -hmm. 
and also realize how like some of your friends are not your friends because you might be comfortable being friends with certain people like if you're someone who's left-leaning and you're conservative you're friends with conservative people that's fine but one thing you need to realize is that if this stuff keeps happening you cannot count on those people to have your back yeah there's a reason why they're conservative there's a reason why they believe these things and some people are conservative just because their parents are and they believe in certain things but they're cool with other things and some people are a lot more conservative than you know them to be because there was a girl who had gotten an abortion and she told her friend and that friend called the police on her so you need to like genuinely be aware of what's going on you may think yeah. I'm being like you may think I'm being doomsday now. This is not doomsday. This is the reality we have to live in. Because you want to live in your existential dread and then go to Starbucks and act like everything's fine. It's not fine. Like I don't care that they codified abortion rights just now and they're passing legislation now to help the climate and now it already passed. And now that Biden already passed. And then Biden is forgiving student loans. Okay, he may forgive student loans, but people are still not being paid more and we're still dealing with inflation. Like there's still And we're wrong. still make our country is still making a bachelor's degree requirement for all like good paying jobs and it we're not lowering the cost of college just to get a bachelor's degree, you know. So. Not lowering the cost of living, not raising rent not raising yeah. pay, not lowering rent. You're putting a little you're putting like a little slap over something like that's completely overflowing. Mm-hmm. Like you're like putting a little band aid on a gunshot wound that has already killed someone. <laughs> it's already dead. You're not gonna fix it. Mm. Not like Yep, so, you know, that's it. <laughs> that's it, guys. Um, you know, Bo Burnham's Inside is streaming now on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> we're going to move Future Sesame Street project is coming out soon. Hopefully, Bo Burnham will come out with something else. Maybe not. He just released the outtakes for Inside, which <sighs> I watched, of course, and I thought was hilarious. I did not watch yet, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, if Bo Burnham happens to be casted in anything or make literally anything else, I'm going to watch it because, mm-hmm. you know, that's my guy right there. He is talented, so. so. Alright, we're going to move into I'll Pass, which is our ending segment where we talk about things that we are not happy about and things that we're definitely going to pass on because this is not worth my time and I don't want it. Uh, Sydney, is there anything that you've seen in the news that you're going to pass on? You're kind of like, absolutely not. Um, I hate that Julia Fox brought back low-rise jeans. Kill them in fire. Let's not bring back low-rise jeans. I don't want low-rise jeans to ever exist in this world. That is truly, like, skinny girl fashion. I I think they're ugly. Have you ever seen those sweater vests that people wear? They wear them, like, right under their boobs? Like, the cropped sweater? Yeah. You ever see people take the size of their shirt and just tuck it into the size of their bra and just have their shirts like a V? You guys really just like you do whatever it is you want to do and i just wish she wouldn't i wish she would stop i do have to say i like julia fox i i think she's funny as fuck did you see her whole child labor scandal no what happened? no it was like it was like it's not like her like uh-huh. like it's her saying that um she was just saying that she supports montessori schools mm-hmm. people were like you support child labor she was like no, I think, and it was actually kind of right. She's kind of popping off that, like, childhood as we know it and fostering, like, a child's growth has only been, like, a concept in the past, like, 50 years. Before that, children were just viewed as, like, little adults. Mm-hmm. And she's not she's not saying at all, like, go employ a child, put them in the mines again. Mm-hmm. But she's saying, like, hey, once my child is two, let's introduce them to, like, little being self-sufficient as a child. Like, it's okay to teach a child how to cook when they're really young. Like, get them used to, like, caring for themselves. Huh? Oh, I, it's her scandal. And people uh, are like, child, 
And people are like, child labor. And she's like, I'm not saying to throw the kids in the mines again. I'm just saying, right. like, I'm just saying that they should learn how to be self-sufficient. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> valid. I would say that I agree, but at the same time, if I ever have a kid, I'm just going to let my kid be a child. Like, I yes. I'm but I think that if you want, kid. my mom also, like, if you also taught a child how to be self-sufficient, it probably would have helped me a lot with my mental illness. Like, if I was taught earlier earlier on in life, like, it's good to develop a schedule and make your bed every morning. Which, like, for some kids, that's already, you know, done. That's mm-hmm. what they do. But my, my family didn't do that. And now I'm struggling to make my bed every day, you know? I agree with it, but also, like, there's a difference between, like, teaching your kids skills and then, like, turning your child into an adult when they're five years old. Yes. Yes. Or making them a maid. Yeah, that's completely different. I can't know. Literally my life. <laughs> Did not really help me out because, like, I was like, I'm an adult now. I can choose not to make my bed. What are you gonna do? You're not gonna punish me anymore for not making my bed. What yeah. are you gonna do? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't think of. Let me see. Follow Twitter. You can find that pretty easily. What will annoy you? <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, um, I love. I was gonna say this. I love that Julia Fox literally went from, like, being in a movie to, like, dating Kanye West. And now she's, like, Julia Fox is, like, a celebrity that we haven't really seen, where, like, she's truly just famous off of being famous, but at least we kind of know that she has some talent, and she's hot, and she has, like, the notoriety of being close to somebody, so now she's just kind of, like, riding that wave, and it's not even in, like, a way where it's really annoying, she's just having fun, and it's just fun to watch her have fun, because, like, most people that you watch and you like, of course, are just, like, talented, not to say she's not talented, but like have some kind of talent attached to her name, you know. Or I just I just opened Twitter and just learned that um Sarah Palin lost in the Alaska special election and now they have a Democrat in Alaska. And may she never run again. And may she never run again. <laughs> yes. You know what, girl? Just stay in Alaska. Don't even bother coming back to the rest of the United States. Just stay in that cold foreign place. That we ignore for the most part, where it hasn't doesn't have satellite for like only a satellite for like two months. Just saying right, that, that shocked me. Saying that decrepit, cold place, like a decrepit little. Okay, just stay there. We don't need to see you no more. Okay, we're good. Yes. Um, okay, so maybe the thing you'll pass on is Sarah Palin. <laughs> I will pass on Sarah Palin. I will never. Oh my gosh, this also reminds me of the time when like Sarah Palin when she was first running. I was pretty young and I wasn't really into politics, but even like I could recognize, which like I don't understand why other people didn't see this. I didn't understand how people could not recognize that this lady and the thing she was saying was not funny. Like she wasn't your quirky little auntie. She was fully just being openly racist, offensive. Mm-hmm. And then Tina Fey was like, she kind of looks like me. Bring her on SNL. Like, how many times is SNL gonna let I'm so tired on your platform for Sarah Palin? Then, um, Donald Trump. Then the dude with the eye patch. How is the dude with the eye patch funnier than all of you? Funnier, better timing, I, better lines. I'm so tired. Like, why do you make every cold open about politics? Like you said, sometimes it's good to just shut up and, like, not be doomsday. Like, I, I'm just like, why, why does SNL just make jokes out of something that, like, real people are, like, suffering from? Like, why don't we, you're a comedy show. Like, I like when they get really fucking weird. And they, like, don't focus on I think that's their... Yeah, their funniest content is when they're, like, extremely not political. Like, the best thing they've had in um, recent years is that trio of guys, um, 
oh, what, what are they called? It's just three dudes. Mm-hmm. And they just always just make little jokes. And I'm like, there, just make little jokes. <laughs> I gotta read anything political. I don't need, like, the majority of SNL's writers room listen to that funny feeling by Bo Burnham, and they're like, oh my god, he's right. Global warming is so bad. Like, please shut up. Please. For one second in your life. Like, Literally, their best, no one's, their best characters have always been, like, not real. Like, not, I, I've never been like, haha, funny Donald Trump impression. Like, I'm, I've never, I've never found that funny. There needs to come a time when SNL ends. Because the fact that, like, Kate McKinnon, A.D. Bryant, let me say something. When Leslie Joan leaves the show, that's it. That's it. Y'all can't have... Wait, Leslie, Leslie Jones? When Leslie Jones leaves that show... She left! She left! She's been gone! For real? She hasn't been on there for years! Are you thinking about Keenan Ta- What's his name? No! Keenan Ta- I know he left! He cannot leave. He did not leave. He's but still he there? That show. You're lying. Oh. Hold on one second. Keenan... Leslie Jones left like Thompson, three years ago. SNL leaves. He thinks SNL could end in three years. Oh, so he is still there. Oh. Well, Leslie Jones left SNL so long ago, and I think Kate McKinnon and Amy Bryant are leaving, like, this year. I think Kate McKinnon actually just quit. And Pete Davidson, they gotta... But they need new blood. They need new blood. And all of their new blood has been so good. Like, Bowen Yang is so funny. Bowen Yang, Bo Yang is hilarious. Is absolutely hilarious. There's another one that isn't getting a lot of um, screen time that I think is hilarious. His name is, like, it starts with an A and it's really long. It's, like, Alejandro or Alfonso. It's something long like that. Like, Alessandro. It... He's hilarious as well. I think that all of their new comedians have been, like, absolutely, like, on the ball. Um, because they don't make shit political. They make weird, like, funny sketches. Yeah, his name's Alfonso, like, I think. Alfonso. Or, like, Alessandro or Alfonso. I was like, it's one of those No, days. not Alfonso. I'm looking at someone else. I'm literally looking at the actor from <laughs> Fresh Prince. That's my bad. Oh, I can't. It's okay. SNL cast, uh... I do want to say but... Kyle Mooney... He's like a kind of underrated cast member for me. He just left. Oh, that sucks because he actually is kind of funny. Except all his skits kept getting cut for time, which yeah. I understand. His name is Aristotle. His dude's name was Aristotle, so I was close. Aristotle. Oh. I thought he was really funny. The new guy Andrew Dismukes. He's he was he's hilarious. What's her name? Punky Jackson Johnson. So funny. I just they they've just been killing it. A lot of their newer um, cast members, they need to, like, push them out more. That's just no. my thing. Like, they need to, like, let them shine. Yes. Like, I don't want to see Kate McKinnon five times in the same night. Give me the new people. Because, like... You're going to be Kate McKinnon? Yeah. SNL used to have this problem with, like, when, um... Wow, now I'm forgetting her name. I remember what she looks like. But, of course, with the Obama years, their only two black cast members were constantly playing Michelle and Obama. But they really didn't give them Beyonce. Name. Like, Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph Beyonce. played Beyonce. It's. Because she doesn't look like her at all. funny, though. Like, when she played Beyonce, they made her play Beyonce on Hot Ones. Have you seen that? Where, yeah. like, imagine if Beyonce was on Hot Ones. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. They've had a lot of, like, newer, new blood. It's just that they don't give them the time to shine. Or, like, no. I don't know. I haven't watched SNL in so long. Well, I stopped caring about SNL. Like, the second. um... Alec Baldwin started opening his mouth about Woody Allen. I was like, you know what? I'm good. I'm good off. See, I just, I just tune into them on YouTube because I know that they're gonna upload the sketches, and I don't want to sit through like guys said bullshit. Yeah, no, you know, I watch the YouTube sketches. I just feel like, I feel like sketch comedy. It's, it's, it's like, like Black Lady Sketch Show is good, 
and I think You Should Leave is good. There's also a show on Netflix that I loved. It's called The Astronomy Club. It only had one season, but it was so, so, so good. It was so, so funny, and I feel like SNL has opened the door for so many people. It's time to close those doors and just do anything else. Like, I do believe in it. I do believe in SNL because I think live sketch comedy is really funny. But like I said, they just don't give their newer cast members spotlight when they should. They need to have younger writers in there. You know what they need to do? They need to fire some of those writers. They need to have <laughs> they need to fire them like every three years or something. They need to have either no, like, they need to things do. Are, like the past year when they let the younger people take the reins, it's always been spot on hilarious. And yeah. so I do believe in it. I believe in the concept of SNL. Um, but I just think they, they should... Maybe it's the ageism in me. Oh my god. But I'm just like, old people, shut up. Like, <laughs> it's not funny. Yeah. It's not... It's not giving. Yeah. I guess that's the only thing I can say. It's just not... It's not yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I feel like there was something else I wanted to talk about. <clears throat> oh! The Dragon Show. I'm good. I'm... Okay. Um, I... I didn't watch it either because Listen, I heard we're done. We're done. It's over. I just no topics. No more. Was rich. The was story ended. Out. It ended with the girl who slept with her nephew and then burned down the city and then she died. That's it. You didn't let Maisie Williams do the thing she was trained to do for like eight seasons. Why does she go blind if she couldn't kill Cersei? What was the point? I watched. I I mentioned about it to my um my male my dude roommate. I'm just so tired. Every fantasy world, they're like, guess what? It's fantasy. There's dragons, people love magic, but women are still subservient and they go through horrible trauma and men are better. I'm just like, I'm tired. We're done. I'm tired of seeing the struggling. We're done. Oh, we're done. <laughs> no. Like, please bring done. something else. Please. New story. That's why I'm excited for Rings of Power. Rings? Are you gonna watch are you gonna watch Rings of Power? I'm not sure, because like I I'm a Hobbit Tolkien fan. I have a <laughs> Hobbit tattoo, and I think the castings look absolutely amazing. The only complaint is you're gonna put in amazing people to be the female dwarves and not give them facial hair. Mm-hmm. Kind of annoyed by that because that was always in the. I don't know. That's just such a niche thing that you're probably like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" But no, I'm like, "Give the female need, dwarves hair." <laughs> they need hair. They need to be hair. <laughs> Nobody has but, razors in that time. I know. So those are the I'm excited for Rings of Power. I think it looks really cool. But that's just my uh, take. Me personally, like I'm tired of us taking stories that have been finished and done, and we're just kind of like continuing them on. Like Pretty Little Liars, I watched that show from the beginning to the very end. And Marlene King, all I want to say is that you don't deserve a cent out of that franchise. You don't deserve a dime, a dollar, you don't deserve anything. Because Perfectionist died. Original Sin seems to be better, but I still don't want it. Because I had to suffer through so many seasons of like, this person's A, now this person's A. Oh, the fans are catching on to it. Let's make this person A, even though it doesn't make any sense. Let's put them in a dollhouse. Mm-hmm. Let's have them be kidnapped. Let's have this person be A and have a whole map. Riverdale, Morgan. Oh my god. Let's give Spencer a twin. Because that makes sense. I think we're done. Bailey Madison, as much as You're I love done. you, as much as I adore you, I've been a fan of you since your very first role, but it's... That might be that might have to be the one show that HBO Max kicks a bucket on. Because if they do that, I won't be mad. Because, like, why was it green in the first place? I think they're gonna. Yeah, I think they're gonna. I think most HBO Max shows are gonna get um, cancelled. 
You know what? Someone, I, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I still haven't seen our flag means death, and I really need to. <laughs> literally, literally, if my followers heard this, they'd be like, what the fuck? You're lying. You're lying. I don't have uh, HBO Max. I just got it because of our fire stick, so gotta watch it. Wow. You couldn't pirate it? Should we be no. No, now that I... <laughs> Now that I have roommates, they actually have HBO Max accounts, so I can go and watch it on there. So maybe that's technically pirating, but whatever. It's not pirating. Still paying somehow. Yeah, they're still paying for it. But um, one show that I did watch at HBO Max that I didn't like, this is like, going to be really quick, it's called Sweet Life. It's a reality show. Is that from Cody? No, sorry. I was like, Sweet <laughs> It's um it's produced by Issa Rae. She has her own like media company. Oh, she's yeah. a mogul now. Like she has oh, like a damn. she Go has a figure deal with HBO Max. Literally. Go her. Go her. She has a media company for like podcasts, TV shows, and for like musical artists too. Like she has a record label as well. It's crazy. And like this show is called Sweet Life. It's a reality show. It's in LA. It has like mainly just a black cast, which is a lot of fun. And it's about these young millennials, they're leveling up, they're growing up, it's about this group of friends, they're very close with each other. Everybody on the show is annoying. Every single situation they have, they have to resolve it as like a trip, or a birthday dinner, or a photo shoot, or someone's launch, or someone's perform- Like, every single person in there does some other job that's like, I'm sorry, what kind of job do you have? Uh, that's what annoyed me about, um, the- Davy, we were just talking about the show on Netflix that I didn't know season three came out. Oh, um, never that annoyed me ever? about season. Yeah, never have I ever. That's what annoyed me about season two because girl was given. Everyone, someone said it's like watching episode, but everyone the girl makes the wrong decision every time. I'm just like every single time you have a choice, you make the wrong choice, and it would annoy the shit out of me. Like I just can't. Why is it the but perfect the, metaphor? The thing is, she's the one of the most relatable people on television. Mm. Like I still, I still rooted for her because I was like, come on, just make the right choice. I want you to succeed. I, oh my gosh. Watching Never Have I Ever is kind of like, it fully reminds me of the Mindy Project. I used to love that show. Like, I watched it all I've the time. I've never seen it. It's so good. It's on Hulu. Like, it started- Didn't Mindy Kaling? It's Mindy the- Kaling, I thought, wrote Never Have I Ever. She did, right? She is. She's the main producer yeah, of the yeah, show. Yeah. It's her show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Do you think, okay, but last, last, I guess, question I can ask. You think B.J. Novak is Mindy Kaling's baby daddy? Yes. Okay. Of course he is. We all know this. If God, if I could, like, God gave me, like, he's like, I'll answer one question for you. I wouldn't ask about the point of life or anything. I'd ask if B.J. Novak was Mindy Kaling's baby daddy. Like, don't. Mindy. Like, girl, it's been a while since The Office. I really did think they were together. Like, oh, they were together. Yeah. Oh, they were. Well, for years. This is why it's such a big thing. She really is trying to play coy and shit. Like, Mindy's yeah, really hold stupid. On. Yeah. They really think they could fool us. It's like, girl... Mm-hmm. I mean, like, sometimes blind items are right. You know, like... Mm-hmm. Y'all are really, like... Also, it's not... A, like, certain blind items I will read, and I'm like, oh, I would have never guessed that. But certain blind items I see, and I'm like, yeah, girl, that makes sense. Like, it's not even a blind item. It's it's a, it's a fact. It's not a rumor. She She's never come out with, the fa- like, who the father is of her two children but she said in a recent interview she's like i don't mind if people think it's bj novak and i'm like okay so it's him <laughs> so it's him it's either it's him or like she wants people to think that it's him like and either. it's a completely like offline boyfriend like husband kind of thing we don't know 
that. We don't know. I do love Never Have It Ever, but, like, it's obviously being written by millennials, by an adult, and there are certain parts of it that are very relatable, because obviously she draws from her own experience, but the parts about being, like, a young person and, like, talking the way the young people talk is kind of like... No, because also, the main actress in the show is the youngest person in the cast. Like, one of her friends is and a full also adult. one of her... Yeah, one of her love interests is, like, 30. 30. She what was 18. She was 29. Yeah, that's... Also, it doesn't help that, like, the dude that plays Ben is... Like, he He kind of, like... The fact that he actually is younger is surprising to me because he... He looks older. You think so? He's 21, but he looks older. Like, they're probably around this... They're closer in age. I wouldn't guess that he was about my age. Yeah, he's closer in age... Like, the guy who plays Ben is closer in age to Davey than the dude that isn't. He's 31! Oh my god. Yep, yep. <laughs> dude who plays Ben reminds me of the guy, oh, what's his name, from, um, Pitch Perfect and, like, Modern Family. He reminds me of him. Adam, is his name Adam? Yes. Adam Devine. Devine? Devine? Devine Devine? I don't know. You're I feel like he was like, everywhere? Yeah. No, he was, he was everywhere. Like, they put yeah. him in every movie. I remember... I was doing okay. Who cares? <laughs> Literally, who cares? So uh, true. Adam Devine is just, like, he gives me, like, he obviously seems like a very nice person. Like, if you meet him in person, he'll, like, shake your hand. If I were ever to read a blind item where I find out he's a douchebag, I would be genuinely surprised. How do you have the audacity to be yeah. an asshole when every movie you've been in is terrible? True. Every... Single Pitch Perfect is your best film, and it's not even yours. It's Anna Kendrick's. It's not even. It's not even hers. It's Rob Wilson's. Like, I'm looking at his IMDb. There's really nothing amazing on there. No, there's nothing good on there. I once watched a movie he was in just because Kid Cudi was in it. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, it's fine. I'll I'll suffer through it just to see my favorite artist. I don't care. Like, oof. Also, Al- Alexandra Ship is in that movie. I want to say this. This is completely random off topic. Alexander Ship is also in Tick Tick Boom, and I didn't see that either, bro. I'm it's not gonna spoil so... it. I'm not gonna spoil it. All I, I want to say is that like Tick Tick Boom is an amazing movie. It's so beautiful and well done. Andrew Garfield is such an amazing actor, but a lot of the time when you have an actor like Andrew Garfield who has been Tony nominated, Oscar nominated, literally accolades and accolades and accolades been in the game for so long when you have an actor like him with someone like alexandra ship who's only done like c-rated movies and this is like Mm -hmm. her first role that like is actually in a film that's good you can clearly see the difference in like the quality of acting that's what i'll say because this is what we saw don't worry darling where you have florence Pugh, like oscar nom and then you have like harry harry you don't have to do everything Mm. you don't have to do like you're, it's fine if you're just a singer. Like I get that the MCU wants to like relate to the kids, but like there's not there's there's it's never too late to recast it. It's never too late. The same way it's never too late to recast Reed Richards because I'm not watching John Krasinski in a movie. I'm sorry. You have Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher is that what he's in? I do not. You have, have your little CIA I... show on Amazon. You're good. Okay. You're in one military propaganda thing. You don't need another one. Leave us alone. Go away. All right. I don't want you from the office. I'm sorry. Go direct your little quiet movie, please, with you and your wife, who is very beautiful, you have a very sweet relationship, but like, you know, 
It's we're good. I do want to say Raul Coley should be Reed Richards in uh, the new Fantastic Four movie that will be coming out because Raul Coley is amazing. He was in Midnight Mass, I Zombie. He was in uh, Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Bly Manor. It was overall very uh, those those shows. Is that also Ryan Murphy? I forget. It's all one director. I don't think it's Ryan Murphy, but someone. It's like Ryan something or like Murphy something. I don't know. Um, but, um, let me see. He's he made those three shows and they're. They're impeccable. Like, I love Oh, my them. gosh. I think anything will top Hill House. I absolutely love Hill House, but... It's Mike Flanagan. That's what it is, Mike Flanagan. I don't know why I thought Ryan Murphy. Um, <laughs> but I love Mike Flanagan's work. I'm yeah. absolutely obsessed. We love the gothic horror. We love the supernatural shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's also going to do another show soon um, with Kate Siegel, obviously. And also mm-hmm. with Raul Coley, he's already been casted in it. I think they just finished wrapping it up too, so I'm very excited to see it. I do want Raul Coley to be in the MCU because I just oh, feel yeah. like he's so funny, he's so interesting, and in interviews he will just be such a delight. And I think he's just so much fun, and I want to see him because mm-hmm. I love him. Wait, Mark Hamill's gonna be in this? Oh boy, I'm so excited. Wait, what's it I called? Just said, what's it called? I just said, oh boy. Um. The Fall of the House of Usher. <gasps> that's it. That's it. Yes, that's it. Oh my gosh. Ooh, that's gonna be so good. Oh my gosh. I love his little mini series. Cause Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass was a trip. Oh mm. my gosh. Watching that was. <laughs> Ooh, baby. I don't know. I don't know how I got through it, but I got through it, and I just want to say it was so good, so good. Oh, I see the cast right now for Fall of Usher. This is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, Henry Thomas is in this? Okay. He, he got a lot of it. Yeah, he got a lot of his OG cast. Yeah, that's good. But... Okay. So, <laughs> The Fall of Usher. I can't wait to watch that. Oh, my gosh. When that comes on Netflix, oh, my gosh. Twitter is going to be just... Yeah. Twitter is going to explode. Okay. Um... I really don't have anything else to say. What was I talking about earlier? I need to, I do have to grab dinner, but okay. So <laughs> I just realized how late it was. I but, we need uh, to wrap it up then. Um, guys, thank you so much for watching this week's episode of I'm Amazing. Thanks to for watch having that. me on. Thank you for coming on. First of all, I love your TikToks. Uh, I think this was a lot of fun. This was a really good conversation. Um, guys, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, follow us on all the things. And, you know, follow Sydney on TikTok. You probably already do. And, you know, we'll see you guys next week. Well, I'll see you next week. Sydney will probably see you guys. I don't know if she's going to see you. Maybe on TikTok somewhere. Uh, that's the end of the pod. But thank you so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. I, I had well, thank a lot you of fun. so much for having me.